Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie show on the planet at the John Campion Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV shows, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. And we're joined, of course, sitting right over here. Chris Carr is here, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm glad I finally made it here through all that traffic. Goodness gracious. Yeah, you said there was an accident? There were the all the accidents. It was everyone's oh. first day driving. They all just got their licenses, and I'm so proud of all of you. They all survived yeah. it. Way to go, everybody. Yeah. And of course, okay. joining you guys in the live chat today, over here, Mr. Ray Ora. Ray, how Am you doing today? Am I in today? the live chat? Am I? I am now. <laughs> oh, now okay. he's, he's a little it. slow today, everybody. <laughs> and of course, it is Wednesday. So Aaron Cummings and Joey Bishop are here today. How you Hello. doing, guys? Oh, you know, well, we, we clearly, we were in the HOV lane because obviously Joey counts for my uh, partner in my car. And so we... It's technically a carpool. It yeah. is technically yes. a carpool. Absolutely. And uh, we were obviously on all the highways that did not have the accident. So mm -hmm. um, Chris and I are going to convene after the show and discuss routes. Give and routes. <laughs> Give me the ways. I'll give you the ways, yeah. W-A-Z-E. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Be a sponsor of our show. <laughs> but yes, it is Wednesday. I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, hi, everybody. And uh, of course, you know, Robert's not here today because as we uh, he mentioned on social media and uh, we let you guys know yesterday, he is now Sicky McPetri dish. Mm -hmm. uh, he is uh, he had tested positive. So he's a bit under the weather. Uh, you'll see he'll be back next week sometime. All right, guys. With all that down, let's talk about today's show, shall we? Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you want to get a live comment or question on the show, number one, you got to be watching live. But then once we get near the end of our final of main topic today, we will announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. And if you guys have your comments, questions, thoughts, observations ready to go, fire them in when we announce that they're open. We'll read those off. Be quick, though. We only leave them open for a couple of minutes because they fill up fast. And uh, then we'll read those then. But for now, guys, let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the John Campbell Show? It's simple. You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris. What is our first main topic today? Our first topic is going to come from Damage Tattoo. Hi, John. I'm the girlfriend, and I went to see Lost City last night at our local AMC. And sure enough, there it was again, the Nicole Kidman commercial. <laughs> I didn't get your hate for it at first, but I've seen this commercial like 10 times now, and I just want the movie to start. Then I read something about how they're saying they're going to keep playing it for like another year. It's just irritating now. All right, so... Here's the thing. Thank you for sending that in. And now we are not here specifically to talk about the Nicole Kidman ad on AMC theaters, but rather remind when I saw that email come in, it reminded me when I was uh, up at Canada, up in Canada the other day, I was uh, sitting down having dinner with a buddy of mine who I hadn't seen in a while. And we just started talking about movie theaters and things like that. And it got onto a conversation. We started talking about all things we don't like about the movie theaters. Mm. Now, let me be very, very clear here. You guys know this. To me, the best experience in the world is going to the movies. I, I Every day that I wake up, knowing that I'm going to the movies that day, 
puts my just the rest of the day is a good day for me. I love going to the movies. The magic of the movies. There is nothing like it. Nothing replaces it. Nothing comes close to that experience of being in a big theater with other film fans, experiencing the laughs, the gasps, the excitement, the horror, whatever it is. It is the best experience in the world. But it's not one without its problems. And as my friend and I were, were chatting about it, I thought, you know what? It'd be interesting with, with how much I go on and on on the show about how, the, I mean, yeah, you can sit in the same, you know, spot on your couch that you use your sock and touch yourself with <laughs> to watch whatever you want to watch on a streamer. What's That's the fine. sock for? I don't know how good of a movie experience that I don't is. I use a sock for keeping that. Keeping your feet warm. <laughs> oh, keeping your feet warm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just That's one right. foot. Just one, one foot is warm. So... But you could, that's fine. If, if that does it for you, that's great. But the movie theater is the best thing ever. But but it's not without its problems. So I wanted to take a couple of seconds here today and talk about the worst things about going to the movie theaters. The, the 10 worst things and maybe how the theaters can maybe start to address these things. And then what, once I get through these 10, I'm going to ask you guys if you guys have any other ones you want to add or if there's any ones of these that particularly uh, jump out at you. So for this, let's jump over to the Campia classroom here, shall we? And we're going to start with this. The first thing I want to mention is the cost of concessions. Mm. All right. Look, I understand. I do. Movie theaters, that's how they keep their lights on. Mm -hmm. That's how they pay their staff. That's how they pay for those auditoriums and the insane rent that movie theaters have to pay these big plazas and malls for having those mm -hmm. things. They don't pay it through the movie ticket. They generally only keep about one third of the cost of a movie ticket. They make their money through selling concessions. I get it. I understand it. And so I am okay that we have to pay more for, you know, a bag of popcorn than really we should be paying for it. I get that. But still one of my favorite quotes all time, my dad, my dad does goes to movies about once every three or four years usually when I'm home and I took my dad, my mom and my siblings to go see one of the star Wars movies. I can't remember what it was. And my dad hadn't been in the movie theater in like five, six years. And we lose sight of my dad. And some of you remember the story and we're saying before you, where's dad, where's dad. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, we hear this big bellowing voice echoing through the hallways $18. <laughs> and it, it was my dad thing to say. It was my dad <laughs> yelling at the poor concession stand kid that a <laughs> popcorn and a drink was going to cost $18. I rush over. Dad, dad, they want $18. Like, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Dad, come over here. And I dropped the 20 for the kid and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but, but, it is, but it's true. It is getting really expensive to go. Mm -hmm. And so the cost of concessions is a big thing. All right. The other thing, I want to go number two here. This is not true of every movie theater, but uncomfortable seats. Hmm. I Now, I go to the AMC Prime Theater mostly now when I can, but there's only one, sometimes two of those in a multiplex. The other times, you're kind of flipping a coin on the kind of chair you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And I hate it when you're sitting down for two and a half hours in an uncomfortable chair that maybe you don't have enough leg room. Great example of this. One of the best theaters in the world, like for almost every other way, is the El Capitan Theater oh, yeah. in mm -hmm. Hollywood, owned by Disney. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's got all this pageantry, and it's mm -hmm. it's like old, and it's glorious. 
But I hate going to movies there because the seats are the worst. Oh, they're the, the worst. Those old wooden ones, too. Uh, Your ass is yeah. ass at the end of that. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Now, they do have... They're small for babies, like yeah. children. They do have cushions butt. on them, but I'm like, my knees, like mm-hmm. my my toes touch the ground because my knees are so far up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy. So uncomfortable seats. All right. Third thing I want to mention here is just the price of tickets. Now, look, going to the movies, even if... Tickets are $18 a piece. Going to the movies to me is still a very good value. Chris Rock talked about this last year when he said, look, name a more cost-effective date. You want to take out for drinks? You're dropping 70, 80 bucks between the two of you. Mm-hmm. You want to go to a concert? Dropping three or 400. Mm-hmm. You want to take her to a museum? You're going to be dropping this. You want A sporting event? Sporting event, even more. A movie is still the most cost-effective date you can possibly go on. Granted, but man, these prices are getting high. Mm-hmm. And when you combine that with the cost of concessions, that becomes a little bit of the thing. A- another one I want to put in here, maybe it's just me and maybe I've gone to the wrong theaters, but dirty bathrooms. I, n- nothing grosses me out more. It, it, and to be fair, it's not just movie theaters, whether it's a restaurant or I'm at a ballpark mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just something is so viscerally bad when I walk into the bathroom and it's, dirty oh yeah and i don't mean there's you know a, a, a paper towel on the floor I, I don't but you can just walk and say this place is not being clean feces on the wall yeah like how did that happen and i've been in a number of movie theaters <laughs> surprisingly where some are like <laughs> they hated that movie <laughs> hated it. where there's like it's a great theater beautiful theater great boy uh-huh. and then you go into the bathroom it's like i have to pee really bad but I'd rather risk liver poisoning mm. than relieve myself in here. And then, so then I would leave. So there's, uh, there's that. Then the next thing, <laughs> which is not the same as number two, but is bad seats. There are a lot of movie theaters you can go into where three, four, five of the rows are just unusable. Yeah. Now, thankfully, a lot of the modern theaters don't do this. Uh, whether it's like an AMC Prime, you can sit front row, you're perfectly good. The Arclight Theater, the front row was still like 15 yards yeah. from the screen. So everything was good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of movie theaters, you know, once you get to about 60% capacity, you're now getting seats where it's like not a good view. And you're spending the same amount for your tickets. Same amount yeah. for your tickets, the whole bit, and you, you're stuck with a bad seat. Now, that got kind of, you know... Uh, alleviated when we had pre-assigned seating so you can decide whether or not you want to go into one of those. But that brings up another problem, which is there are still theaters without pre-assigned seating. To me, this that's ri- just ridiculous. Like, that's the freaking dark ages. I just don't understand how you can get a bus ticket and know where your seat is, mm-hmm. but a movie theater, and there's still places that you cannot pick where your seat is. Mm-hmm. To me, like I said, I, I think that's the dark ages. Uh, next, you won't be surprised to hear me say this. Number of trailers. It mm-hmm. is utterly ridiculous that in, in in an industry that's saying, hey, 7 o'clock showtime, you go there, and the movie doesn't start at 7. It doesn't start at 7.10. doesn't start at 7.20. doesn't even start at 7.25. It usually cl- starts closer to 7.30, sometimes beyond that. And for an industry that's about giving people a great experience, that's a bad way to do it. Next, and listen, all due respect, I have great respect for parents, for crying kids. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's great that, you know, look, getting babysitters is expensive, stuff mm-hmm. like that. If a parent can take their baby and go with them and have a night out, whatever, I think that's great. And I don't even mind a little, 
you know, the odd little thing. Sometimes baby will, will coo and cry for a second yeah. and then stop. I honestly don't mind that. I get it. But, you know, once a baby starts crying, they're upset. They're not having a good day. Maybe their tummy's not feeling good. Whatever. You got to. I get it. You paid 18 bucks for a movie ticket, but you got to be cur courteous to everybody else who's there. Stand up. Walk into the hallway, mm -hmm. and if mm -hmm. you can get your baby to stop crying, great. Come on back in. Like you and Tom always have that plan for when you see a movie. A hundred percent. And and your baby just happens to be perfect, so it doesn't True. happen. But there's always the okay. Well, if something happens, like Tom will go here or I'll go here. Yeah. Like that's all. That's all you have to do. That is all you have to do. And but a lot of people still don't do that. So, and and you know what? No movie theater wants to be that guy that goes, yeah. says, "Ma'am, you're going to have to leave because your baby's crying." So I, I, patrons need to be more courteous of that. Also, I want to talk about this. No matter if they pre-sign seating everything, I already talked about concession stand prices. Nothing is more discouraging to me when I get to the theater like five minutes before the movie starts and like, oh, now my mouth's waters for some mm -hmm. popcorn or whatever. And you look at the concessions line and there's 48 people in the concession line uh, and two registers open. Mm -hmm. So annoying. It's infuriating. When they, when similar to automating the you know, choosing, being able to choose your seat, they should also automate it. And I know that everybody says, oh, automation, you don't have as many, you know, people working, not as many jobs available. However, there should be those kiosks where you can just punch in your order. And then that way, all the people that are working can focus on fulfilling all of the orders. You know, you're going to have a rush and you know that people are going to want to be able to get their stuff and leave. You're already starting the experience mm -hmm. With a bad tone, people hate waiting in line, just and, like Chris hates waiting in traffic. And, and there's it's another true. problem, too. Like AMC, I can get on my app. I don't have it here with me. I can get on my app, and I can order my food in advance. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. When it works. When it works. Yeah. Uh, Until you're like, okay, I want to pay. It says, what time do you want to pick up your food? And it's like 5.30. I'm like, I like to pick it up at 7.30 because my movie starts five minutes after. Great. And I get there, 7.30, 7.35, 7.40, 7.45. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I was there waiting for a hot dog for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it was. What? Yeah. That was the best hot dog you've ever had. It's the greatest <laughs> hot dog anybody's <laughs> ever had in the history of hot dogs. So, But they're right there rolling on the low. Oh, I, I know. Thing. I know. It was it was kind of a crazy thing. It would have been thing, faster so. if you'd like just, just gone back, just <laughs> yeah, literally jumped over the counter and made the hot dog yourself. Bring your own buns. <laughs> Bring your own buns, the whole mm -hmm. bit. Bring a, yeah. bring a grill. That's why I bring a George Foreman to every AMC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. You know my only problem with the theaters that I always want is they need big boy ice cream there. Well, wait, wait. Before, before oh, we get okay. the other okay. thing. Hold on. Let me just we got to get through our top 10. 10. <laughs> number 10. Remember, these are no particular order. But phones. Oh. I hate people with their phones. Now, look, I don't mind... Like uh, if I hear a buzz go off or what, that that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's it's people who are every five minutes checking their text messages with their screen on seventy five percent brightness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I have to admit it's been a while since I've heard somebody actually answer a phone call and talk to somebody. Oh, yeah, it, I I will admit. But it's, I think it's that's been also more indicative of the fact that people don't actually engage in phone conversations phone anymore. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Like people don't answer the <laughs> but phone. But they're pulling out and texting yeah. and stuff like hey, that. Hey, what's up? Saw you just called. When so, someone calls me, I'm like, what is wrong? Oh my Why God, are you doing dying? this? <laughs> right. I, it just drives, and I remember a few years ago, maybe about five years ago, there was talk amongst the movie theater owners about implementing like cell phone jammers ah. uh, in movie Ooh. theaters. And I'll tell you what, I was all for it. Mm -hmm. I'm still not against it. And I, then I, it, the automatic objection to that is, but what if there's an emergency? Somebody needs to reach you. Well, okay. 
But it wasn't that long ago when we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. What happens when you're out of the house and somebody needs to reach you? Listen, just yeah. let somebody know what movie theater you're at. And if there's an emergency, somebody can come and get you. I, I don't know. But it's so counterintuitive to what we're used to now. We're always used to having that phone with us. And I'm not saying now the answer is phone jammers. But I do wish they would come up with something to keep stop people from like pulling out their phones every five minutes. So those are my things. The cost of concessions, uncomfortable seats, price of tickets, dirty bathrooms. I hate that one. Bad seats, still theaters that don't have pre-assigned seating, the number of trailers, crying kids, lines and phones. And I still say a hundred times more. The movie going experience is still better than anything else. But I think those are some problems. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, let me start with you. Yeah. What of these stands out to you the most or really bothers you? Or do you have one or two that maybe I missed? I mean, the concessions when you've gone to movies with me, you see me pull out my leather, like fruit leather oh, yeah. and my can of seltzer water. <laughs> totally. I'm such a horrible grandma where I'm like, well, I've got my snacks with uh -huh. me. Now I can avoid all of this. Um, honestly, the thing like uh, like this is that that I hate the most. The the crying babies, I understand that's upsetting. The the phones are awful. Mm -hmm. Just a, a good old Cousin Vinny reference here. Utes. I do not like mm -hmm. I do not like when teenagers talk during a movie and think we're in their living room. <laughs> I am not here to listen to you. I did not pay $18 to hear about what went down at the gym this week. I don't care. I just don't. And I hate, 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 hate when people think that they get to have the entitlement of speaking during a film. Mm -hmm. No one's there for you, babe. No one. Everyone's shush, there shush, for shush, me. Shush. Everyone's there yeah, for me. And we're Ray. not in your living room. <laughs> yeah. My favorite moment. Well, there were so many great moments about CinemaCon <laughs> this year. Um, I, I can't talk enough about what a fantastic experience it was to be there with everyone this year. But one of the moments <laughs> that also stands out is Chris and I sitting together. And I don't remember if whether it was a presentation or if it was a screening or if it was a movie. But there were these two women behind us that just felt like it was happy hour or just <laughs> catch up time or whatever. And they just kept on yapping and Chris just turned around and she gave him that look like, <laughs> are you going to shut up right now? And it was so beautiful that she, because they I got get that look like every other day. So I don't, <laughs> they got it I totally real get it. quick. I mean, I, I, I was just about ready to like flip my hair and then I, felt the whoosh oh. of, of Chris's hair flip. Every every Boston ancestor was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Um, Those yeah. ladies were never seen again. Exactly. <laughs> and Ray, they never find their bodies. You were, gonna, you were pointing something out that we left off the list. What was that you were saying about us? I saying Big Boy Ice Cream. And I don't even know what Big Boy Ice Cream is. I mean, okay, so they Big Boy has burgers. You have like three choices there, and they seem like so, like, it seems like nothing. Well, they I, have the I ice understand. cream chocolate they have the chip little cookie dibs sandwich. Thing. They got dibs, and then you know dibs. you hand those, you know you hand those out, mm -hmm. and then you end up having like three. So maybe a bucket of dibs. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at lengths of movies, and that's not enough ice we'll cream. Well, stop for the sharing of your dibs. Well, of course, your ice cream is going to turn to soup after about twenty minutes. I mean, how much ice um, cream do you need? Also, you know, I really don't like when uh, just people are like just totally going at it in the theater, like. Like making out? Like no, like, like heavy petting? Like full on. Like, oh, uh, like, like I'm sitting there and they get on my lap and just start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> what theater are you going 
Andrew Ray? That might not be a theater. Okay, when it says adult movie screening, yeah. that's a theater that you shouldn't go into, Ray. <laughs> like, unless, unless you're going prepared. for that purpose. Unless you're prepared. Trying yes. to watch Thor, people. Come on. I, I told you guys about the last drive-in theater experience before oh, the pandemic. No. <laughs> before the pandemic. Ray's heard this. The last drive-in movie theater experience I had was a long time ago. Like I was like 19 or 20. Oh, I love driving. Uh, so do I. And I and Anne and I rediscovered them when the pandemic was going on. Yeah. But it was in out just outside of Hamilton. <laughs> and we were behind a pickup truck. Well, there you go. And I mean two people literally stood up in the back of the pickup truck and hammered like Thor. Oh, I mean wow. they were standing they up. Standing? Standing in the back of the pickup that truck bold. for the whole world to see. I that mean, you just want to be seen, and that's <laughs> yeah. the case. That's like, that's that's exhibit. So for me, I, I, will, I will go ahead and say this. Um, <laughs> when you have sex in the, the, the back holding? of a pickup truck, I'm respectable to my <laughs> friends and family, like, and I do it laying down. Um, <laughs> like God intended. Exactly. <laughs> Um, like shifting fancy. gears. Um, I have a baby now. Speaking of that, yes, you do. On a completely unrelated note, I have a baby. Now. And I will be the first person to say, absolutely, get your daggum children out of my theater. I am not here to babysit. I am not here to listen to your child screaming. I'm not here to listen to you. you it, whatever you call that which you think is parenting i am not here for it i don't want the cell phones i don't want the talking that is why alamo draft house is my theater of choice i will pay 75 dollars per ticket to go and sit there in my i don't know how much they are but they're very expensive um but i and i and i rushed up to Shelly Taylor, the CEO of of, uh, of Alamo Draft House at CinemaCon to gush about how much I love. It was so cute. You fangirled so hard. Oh my God, I fangirled great. so hard at her. <laughs> but, uh, and, and that's the thing, but the frustrating thing is that we have now come to a point where if you just want to enjoy a movie, you're having to pay a premium. It used to be that like, if you were going to pay extra to fly in first class, it was because you just wanted like a fancy meal or you wanted a bigger seat now it's because you want a completely different flying experience and i feel like that is what's happening with the movie theaters which is if i'm gonna pay for a coach ticket i'm gonna get a coach experience dirty bathrooms people <laughs> yapping um seats that are too small and uncomfortable and so i'm having to pay a first class ticket price for the type of theater where if someone is on their phone they're gonna kick them out which is what I appreciate. Um, but also, so I will say this, I do not want to hear your children. And also, <laughs> I don't. in the same way that I think you're an asshole if you bring a kid on a red-eye flight, I believe that fully. I don't take red-eye flights with my baby. You shouldn't well, some either. Some people don't have a choice. Like If you got to get somewhere and that's the flight that's available and you got kids. I mean, sure, whatever. That's debatable. I'm just saying. Be a grown-up. Drug your baby. There you go. What's drug your drug baby. That baby. But, my, but also, in the, uh, on the same, in the same vein, I don't think that parents should be taking their kids to a nighttime movie. And so my complaint right now is where are the parent and me not the mommy and me daddy and me whatever where are the where are the baby and kid baby and parent screenings because i went to look there for them go. that's what i was going to bring up and they're not there so theaters have more parent friendly where you can bring your kid screenings and then you won't have to worry about your the, these people's kids driving everyone crazy at the general admission theaters all right guys question is for you 
I mean, you know me, the movie going experience is the greatest thing in the world, but it has its problems and its drawbacks. What do you think about the ones that we listed here? Which one stands out to you the most? Are there some that we maybe missed? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? Our second topic is going to come from David D. Good morning, everyone. I know I'm late, but I finally watched the She-Hulk trailer. Well, and it only I'm... came out yesterday. Yeah. You're not that late. Uh, they really enjoyed it. My one kind of problem with it is that the CGI didn't look great to me. It looked pretty good on Abomination, but on She-Hulk herself, not so much. Am I just nitpicking here, or was it lacking a bit? Also, I know you liked it, but were there any things about the trailer that didn't work for you? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, David. Now, obviously, yesterday during the John Campus show, the She-Hulk trailer dropped. And I'm not going to lie to you. I really enjoyed yeah. it a lot. So I, we're going to hear from from Aaron and what she thought of the trailer here in a second. She wasn't here yesterday, of course. But I wanted to break down with you then the things that really worked for me about it. I'm going to talk about five things that really worked for me about this. And then three things that bothered me about the trailer. And overall, I love the trailer. I did. So let's first talk about the five things that I really like. We're going to go back over in the double dose of camping classroom today. First, I'm going to say is this. Dialogue. I love the dialogue. Mm -hmm. The dialogue was quick. It was snappy. It, it all felt natural. When two different people were talking to each other in the trailer, it felt like it just flowed. It felt natural. Like, I really feel like whoever wrote the series really had a great sense of, of, of touch and time with the dialogue. And the dialogue all really worked for me. And often dialogue in a trailer doesn't stand out to me that much mm -hmm. in this one it really did second thing that i really loved about it is tone we were talking about this yesterday we said a long time ago that when this the she hulk show that's coming whatever man you do an ally mcbeal's kind of uh procedural with but mm -hmm. with a superhero in it that would be so cool that's exactly the tone we got in it yeah. and i loved it and while a lot of marvel f movies and and things like that tend try to be funny they don't, none of them have had that kind of a tone. Mm -hmm. And so it was very different and kind of unique. And so I really liked the tone. Third thing I loved about it was the humor. I thought the humor was killer throughout the whole thing. Everything from the subtle jab at Batman, like all superheroes are rich and narcissistic. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, adult, what did they say? Adult orphans. Uh, orphans, yeah. yeah. For some reason, adult orphans. I loved that. That was, that was great. The whole line, like Hulk going, yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Like that was awesome. The dating stuff. The dating stuff was so good in it. So I I loved the humor of it. The other thing I loved about it, you knew I was going to say Tim, uh, Tim Roth or mm -hmm. Abomination. Uh, I, I misspelled it, but Abomination. <laughs> uh, so what times you're trying to host and type at the same time? Abomination. Um, I liked Abomination. I, it's the YouTube mm, crossover. <laughs> you guys know I've been wanting them to bring back Abomination ever since my MCU film that Edward Norton co-starred with me in. Mm. Uh, I, I just think he's a fantastic potential foil for the MCU. I love the character. I love seeing him pop up in Shang-Chi. I love Tim Roth. So just the fact that he's going to be there, and it looks like somebody that she's going to be defending. Like, I just assumed, I think a lot of us did, when the news came out that he was going to be, and we thought he was going to be the villain, but it looks kind of like she's going to be his defense attorney, which I think is fabulous. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, get, I don't know if that's for sure, but whatever. But the fifth thing is this. I was afraid if they did do the Ally McBeal thing, it would get away from kind of what needs to be at the heart of a lot of comic book movies, which is some good, exciting action. Mm. But the trailer makes it look like, yeah, they're not going to skimp on the action. It looks like they're going to have a good sense of that, too. So uh, that, those are the things that stood out to me most about Hulk. Or She-Hulk, I should say. Let me talk about a couple of, of bad things, though. All right. 
First thing that really bothered me about it is Hulk. You guys know that I love Hulk in the, MC in the MCU until the Russo brothers got their hands on him. And I love what the Russo brothers have done in the MCU. Don't get me wrong. My one thing that I don't like that they did was the neutering of Hulk. In the MCU, Hulk was the nuclear bomb. Mm -hmm. He was the guy, even up until the very beginning of Infinity War, the one guy that could actually stand and go toe-to-toe -to -toe and throw punches with, with um, Thanos. I mean, he was, the, like, he was the whole point of, of Loki's plan. It's like, hey, just plant the Hulk in the middle of them and he'll take them all out. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the nuclear option. He's become so neutered now to just the quippy jokes of Banner. And I love Mark Ruffalo's quippy jokes as Banner. I do. But I like to see him do it as Banner, not as Hulk. I want mm, the mm -hmm. real Hulk back. And it looks like they continue to diminish. While I thought the Hulk's role in this trailer was good, it looks like the series continues the MCU pattern of just diminishing Hulk more. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll rectify that at some point. The second thing I did not like, going back to what our viewer wrote about, was the CGI. Now, look. You, there are two things I think we have to understand about the CGI. Number one, this is a TV show. Mm -hmm. It does not have the, the budget of a movie. Now, I keep getting, let's go to my one shot on this, because I want everybody to hear me on this, all right? Mm -hmm. I, whenever I bring this up, people say, but John, uh, don't you know that the budget of the, 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 the MCU show is the yeah, same as blah, 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 movie? Come yeah, but what you're not understanding is it's about a how many dollars per hour are being spent. Because, yeah, you could have a TV show where the budget was $150 million, but that $150 million had to produce six, seven, or eight hours of programming. Whereas in a movie, that $150 million goes into two hours mm -hmm. of a movie. And so on a per-hour basis, you're talking about these TV shows have less than half, sometimes one-third of the budget of a movie. So if you go into one of these TV series thinking you're going to see absolute movie-level effects, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Also, I want to point out this. She-Hulk is really still just a human who is green and larger. She's not even as misformed as Hulk is. Like, mm -hmm. Hulk changes and everything. It's still her. That means the uncanny valley effect comes into effect, right? Because with Thanos, he doesn't even look human. So it doesn't, it doesn't make our brain feel weird trying to look at it. Mm -hmm. But with Tatiana Mislani, good Canadian kid, by the way, <laughs> She is supposed to just be a human face. And now we're looking at something that our brain is trying to perceive as just a regular human being walking around. So there's a little bit more of an uncanny valley uh, effect there. So between the uncanny valley effect, plus the fact that this is does not have the budget of a movie, you're going to have to understand the effects won't be there. It ultimately won't really matter. Because at the end of the day, when The Phantom Menace came out, there had never been, with CGI characterization, ever been a bigger advancement in the world than Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks was, and went from visual effects, was an absolute triumph. Did not help at all. <laughs> and so, yeah, I agree. I think the CGI, at least the CGI on Abomination looked really good. But the CGI on, on She-Hulk, again, I had the Uncanny Valley effect too. It does look a little off-putting in the trailer. I think once we start watching it in the show, our brains will just adjust to it and we'll be fine. And then it's either going to be good or it's not going to be good. But I don't think it'll have anything to do with CG. But still, CG was a weak point to me. And the last thing that really bothers me about this is really a bigger point about the MCU as a whole. And that is the normalization of the extraordinary. Now, you guys have heard me talk about this before, that mm. one of the things that I've always 
worried about with big shared cinematic universes. I've been saying this since the movie blog days is that the awe and wonder of Christopher Reeve's Superman or of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is that we're encountering a being and a character that is unlike anything else in the world. Mm -hmm. It is the extraordinary within the mundane. And I said, I'm just worried we're going to get to a point now where every 7-Eleven is going to have five superheroes on the roof patrolling for crime at night. And there's going to be nothing special about any of these characters anymore. Well, once we come into this trailer now, it's like, oh, cool, She-Hulk. Hey, and you know, reporters want to interview them. And even a lawyer saying, we're creating a division for superpower to things. Like, one of the things I was kind of worried about with the MCU is now really coming to fruition in this trailer. There's no longer anything special about the superheroes. There's nothing special about them anymore. You walk out onto the street in the world of the MCU, there's seven superheroes standing around. It is the normalization of what is meant to be extraordinary. You know, when Iron Man came out, Iron Man 1, there was nothing else in the world mm. like Iron Man. When Captain America, the first Avenger, there was nothing else in the world like Captain America. And so it, this trailer again just made it feel, yep, this is just now the world. There's nothing extraordinary and one superhero is just another superhero. And I, I'm ah, that disappoints me. So yeah, while I love the trailer and I listed all those things I like, the Hulk stuff really disappoints me a bit. The CGI is a little off-putting when you're watching in the trailer. And to me, it just looks like, again, the normalization of the extraordinary. So those things for me. Aaron, I want to go over to you. you. We didn't have a chance to talk to you about the mm -mm. trailer when it came out. I have not asked you about it at all. What did you think about the trailer just in general? And what worked for you and didn't work for you? You know what? I actually real I loved it. I thought... As you said, it was so much fun. The tone of it was fantastic. I was a big fan of Ally McBeal when it first was airing. And, uh, and, and there is something really unique about the dialogue that... Um, it, it sounds just like the way that it's almost as if the writers just went to a bar at happy hour and just wrote down thing conversations that they were hearing people had. It felt very natural. It felt very flow. I love the way she looks. And I'm not talking about the CGI. I'm talking about her actual physical form. Just the design of her. Right. Because I was expecting a Bruce Banner Hulk version, like a just a grotesque monster that just happened to be, quote, female. I like the fact that she looks like a shapely female bodybuilder. She looks like a bodybuilder. Yeah. And I, I actually really like that because... Um, I think that that's just going to have a little it's first of all, it's going to help her agility, which I think is going to be great for the action scenes, because let's be honest, Hulk is really powerful and he's really strong, but he can't exactly he doesn't have a lot of dexterity, you know, I mean, there's only he's got Hulk smash and that's kind of where it stops. Whereas her, I, I can imagine that she could be very acrobatic. She could be, she could do lots of really cool things. And I'm thrilled with her shape in that. Uh, I think that there, she's gonna be able to do a lot more things other than just she Hulk smash. Well, um, I mean, in the movies, Hulk is pretty quick and pretty fast. I'm and, not talking about speed. I'm right. talking about the agility and dexterity. Yeah. Exactly. And flexibility and things like that. So I was really thrilled with just how her physical form was presented. And I know that this was on one of your pros. And yes, it was cute. And the first time I watched it, I was like, <laughs> but then like five, five minutes later, I was thinking about it. I go, Really? We have this brilliant lawyer who can, you know, and now has this ability to transform and she's related to Bruce Banner. And she's got all these really cool things going on for her. 
But at the end of the day, it's still, but I want a boyfriend. And so my, I, 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 I'm going to really have to watch the show. I just go, wow, like we don't know if Bruce wants a girlfriend. We don't know if Bruce has a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. It's just he's happy being a really brilliant scientist who's great at his job and happens to transform into Hulk. I just would love for her to be able to just be a really brilliant lawyer and not be worried about when she's going to get a boyfriend. And I just it's it's a little bit it's just tired for me. I feel like that is a, a, a narrative that we hear more often than not. And we've seen with, with Captain America. I don't know if she's got a partner. I mean, maybe I missed something, but her job is like her, her whole focus is I'm worried about saving the world and multiple worlds and multiple universes. And that's what we love about her. It's not just about, you know, I want to go on Tinder and get a boyfriend. So that was a little bit of a thing, but it wasn't big enough for me to go, oh, I hate this show. It's just it's just a little sticker for me. But again, I loved the trailer. I love the tone. And I will 100% be watching this and 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 we'll see how, how that whole story, story plays out. Maybe it won't bother me. I, 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 th- I guess maybe one of the reasons why I like that aspect of it so much. Well, two parts. One is because it is very Ally McBeal-ish. Very true. But also, yeah. and I will include you in this because I knew you prior to being married. Is that there was a time that I, I wasn't. <laughs> Married to Tom. Yeah. yeah, there was. No, a you're time. right. You're right. You're the, the, right. We call those the before times. Mm-hmm. The TBT so, time before but time. Like, especially in L.A., especially in L.A., any of my female friends I talk to about dating life and everything, dating is a nightmare here. That's mm-hmm. true. Dating that is true. Is, well, like when, when me and my friends were in their 20s, dating in her 20s is horrible. Then in their 30s, dating in my 30s is horrible. <laughs> so it's like I found it somewhat relatable because it's like I've had those conversations in my life. So it, it kind of And, that, and maybe that's why I didn't like it was because it was a little too, too traumatizing. <laughs> it was too close to home. It reminded me too much of my 30s. And I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. What, there was this one time me and Aaron, I think we were in San Diego. I think oh, this okay. one time. And I remember saying to her, said, you know, because she was single. I said, you know, my friend, sure, 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 is single and super, a super great dude. And I think you're like, and I don't know if you remember the conversation. I have no idea who we're talking about. If it comes to you, don't say that. I won't. I won't. But she looked at me. She was, oh, John, your friend, sure, 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 is adorable, but I would eat him alive. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, you probably would. And so, yeah. I will say as a Trump as much as I don't want to relive my single days, uh I did print I did single pretty darn well. Uh, yeah, if I do say something so anyway, Chris, I'm starting to blush. Let's change let's put a Chris. Now now that we're about 24 hours removed, actually yeah. really only about 18 hours mm-hmm. removed from seeing the She-Hulk trailer. What are things that stood out to you that you liked and maybe some things that didn't work for you? Oh, well, I'd love to jump off of some of the points y'all brought up. Sure. Because one of the things that I think if they do it well, that can work here with that dating life thing is that when she transforms into She-Hulk, she also lowers her inhibitions and she Ah. gives more into her id and all of those just instinctual like desires. So if this is about Jennifer, just like cutting loose and being like, no, I'm going to go on Tinder and I'm going to get laid right now. I think that's something (laughs) a little different than I want a boyfriend. If they make it like an empowering thing, if they play with that a little bit, I think there's potential here. Um, I also like the law firm because that's that's part of the comic. She worked at a law firm. Well, if that, I want Allie McBeal, it's, it's got to be law this, firm. But yep. mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Holloway 
worked at the uh, law firm that she initially worked for, which I don't think we're going to have that kind of daredevil crossover, right? But I love that that little snippet is in there, maybe connecting Matt to Jennifer here, bringing in some of those things, tying up the MCU a little bit. Mm. Um, The one thing that I did have an issue with that I, I talked about yesterday and gave it grace was, you know, yeah, I thought there was some issues with the CGI, but I think you're right. It's the Uncanny Valley aspect. And Jim here in the chat, too, also point out something that made me go, oh, yeah, maybe that's it. Her skin is just so smooth. Very smooth. It's very smooth. It's very Instagram. But if filtered. you look at her in, in the in the yeah. uh, comics, that's how she. I mean, looks. that's how, that's she, how looks. she looks. Yeah. But I think that might be part of that uncanny valley thing, though. Of sure. skin's textured. What is this? But I mean, that's that's how she's supposed to look. She's a green, like seven foot tall woman. But well, and there's a there's a line in the trailer where the one woman says to her, "Your ass looks so amazing right mm-hmm. now," and then. Like, I don't know if everybody caught this, but once the one lady says that, the camera smash cuts to Mm She-Hulk and she strikes that classic Mm She-Hulk pose. So like, they Marvel's been doing really good, whether it was the Ms. Marvel trailer, where she's like that classic shot where she's sitting on top of the the pose looking over the city, right? They've been slipping in these classic iconic shots. Well, I, I think that's what they're really doing well here is that they are marrying these things for people. If you are a hardcore fan of Marvel comics, there are these delicious little Easter eggs for you. We're like, yes, that's exactly from this page, this issue, I love that. But they're still making it accessible, I hope, because we talked about that too of, are we gonna end up in a gatekeeping kind of fandom here where you have to watch everything to be a part of it? And these shows look like they're extremely accessible because they are shifting through genres and working with being more meta or or playing with more humor, doing other things that we haven't necessarily seen to make all of our audiences happy without compromising anything, hopefully. I'm basing this off of a trailer. I could watch this and be like, this is dog shit, but I hope it's not. <laughs> you know what, I, I wanna ask, just so we didn't ask, and. I actually put a camera up yeah. on producer yeah. Jonathan. <gasps> I want to ask what? Jonathan. I, I just, just quick. What, what did you think of the trailer, Jonathan? <laughs> well, there. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. We said it froze. Well, there we go. I, it, it froze me. I, w- I was, I was stunned. I couldn't even move. I mean, look at. I, I, I'm just <laughs> I'm, it's like I'm, eyes I'm fixated on the screen. We'll have to get that fixed. But I'm glad it had that impact on you. All right. So much for technology. Guys, question is for you. You've had a few hours now to soak in. And what did you think about that She-Hulk trailer? What are some of the things that really stood out to you that you liked? But even if you loved it, maybe what are some of the things in it that didn't work out so well for you? Whatever you guys think it is, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's take a second here and thank the sponsor of today's episode of The John Campus Show, our friends over at ExpressVPN. Guys, we want to take a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, ExpressVPN. Now, you guys have all already heard about ExpressVPN. I've talked about it a number of times in my videos. It's the best way to protect your privacy online and to give you that security online that we all need. And there's another practical reason why viewers of this show love using ExpressVPN. Take Netflix, for example. You see, thousands of shows on Netflix are only available outside of the U.S., so you need to change your country if you want to access them, and ExpressVPN lets you do just that. Because what the ExpressVPN app does is it encrypts your data and reroutes it through server locations of your choice. This not only protects your data, but it also lets you control which country you want Netflix to think that you're in. ExpressVPN lets you choose from over 90 different countries, so every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just fire up the app on your laptop or smart TV, switch your country, and hit connect. And once you refresh your page, you'll get a brand new selection of shows. It's just that simple. 
And those reasons and many more is why ExpressVPN is the number one rated VPN provider by publishers like TechRadar and The Verge. So guys, visit expressvpn.com slash campia right now and get three extra months of their service for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash campia. Go to expressvpn.com slash campia to learn more. And again, a big thank you to our friends at ExpressVPN for supporting the John Campus Show. By the way, guys, remember, when you guys support our sponsors and their products and their services, you're actually supporting the show as well. So go on down into the description of the video, check out the link with the promo codes and everything too, and support the good folks at ExpressVPN. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? Our third topic comes from Ed Minty. Hey, Team Campia. Greetings from England. As a big fan of Yellowstone and 1883, I was very excited to see that Dame Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford have been cast in the upcoming series, 1932. Their characters have yet to be announced, but it feels like they could be playing a new generation of Duttons as they have said, as they are said to have starring roles. Excuse me. What are your thoughts and reactions? Bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, listen, you guys know Yellowstone <clears throat> to me is not on air right now. They're in between seasons. But Yellowstone, to me, all due respect to Succession, is the best show on TV. I, I mean, I, I love both of those shows, but Yellowstone to me is just unbelievable. It's just, it's the Godfather and Sons of Anarchy, but on horseback. It's just phenomenal. And I was late to the party on 1883, but I watched it. I don't think it's quite as good as Yellowstone, but it was really good and really impressive. And, you know, the lead girl in there was almost one of our Wonder Twins yeah. until the Axe of Zaslav fell. Shame. But anyway... We liked it. I know a lot of people were disappointed that they weren't continuing. But then yesterday, one of our viewers wrote in as we were getting close to the end of the show that they're doing a new Yellowstone prequel. But instead of 1883 Part 2, it is now 1932. This comes mm. to us from the good folks over at The Wrap who write the following. Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford are joining the Yellowstone universe in the upcoming series 1932 for Paramount+. Plus. 1932, which is the show's working title, is an origin story introducing the new generation of the Dutton family. It's set to explore the early, the early 20th century uh, when pandemics, historic drought, the end of Prohibition, and the Great Depression all plague the Mountain West and the Duttons who call it home. The streamer said in a release, details about their characters were not immediately available. Okay, first of all, any project with Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford check i mean i i'm already deeply invested in that a sequel prequel <laughs> do-over part two-ish whatever you want to call it <laughs> uh, another yellowstone series with them starring in it awesome now are they the lead characters in the show i don't know but here's the thing for all those who watched 1883 if it's just 1932 so it's just like 50 years later Obviously, these are not children of the Duttons at Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford's age. So they're not. So is Harrison Ford an older Tim McGraw? Is, I mean, I is do. Helen Mirren, Faith Hill? Is is Helen Mirren. I can see that. Did, did, did Faith Hill develop an English accent and become <laughs> Helen Mirren? I'm sure Helen Mirren will not She's be. She did a Madonna. Or are they completely different characters? Altogether, are completely different characters, which is fine. But if they're completely different characters, well, I mean, this is supposed to be the story of the Duttons. So are they the neighbors to the Duttons? Are they, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I just don't know at this point. So I'm fascinated. <clears throat> Look, we don't have a lot of information, 
but what little information we've got in front of us, Helen Mirren, Harrison Ford, Yellowstone Universe, done, I'm in, whatever this is, I'm going to watch it. Anyway, Chris, you heard this news. What do you think about it? I mean, you know in my house, Helen Mirren is a national treasure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband loves her so, so much. He has <laughs> such a crush on her. Um, and he loves Harrison Ford. I, I think he's told you his Harrison Ford story. If not, Yes, he yeah. did. It's ridiculous. So I'm sure this is something that'll be playing in our home. That being said, Aaron and I were having a really interesting conversation about this, just from an acting perspective, um, about casting these really, really big name actors in television and how that's kind of been a big thing lately. Yeah. Um, and just how but, that how that affects the, the, your average working actor. Um, so I'm, I'm just gonna go on a little bit of a, a little diatribe here of, you know, when, when we have these really, really big names taking um, roles in the television space, it does make it even harder for, you know, actors who aren't well known to get screen time, to get seen, because when you, if they are leads, having somebody up there playing the lead role, the trickle down effect, typically, not always, is that we're gonna have more and more A-list actors, which talent always is great. We love seeing big names and things. We love seeing a talented cast to come together, but it is making it more and more difficult for actors to break into the industry when movie stars are populating the TV landscape. And not only break into the, for people wanting to break into the industry, those of us who are already in the industry in Oscar make, award-winning films. In Oscar but but it it really <laughs> is, you know, I mean, I've always been very satisfied, you know, and maintained being able to be a working actor, mm-hmm. you know, not having to wait tables, not having to have a second job. And so there's the journeyman, you know, the, the quote, middle class actors of people who are not massively famous, but also are not trying to break into the industry. Um, a lot of my peers and colleagues, we are all in the, that same category. And it does make it that much more difficult just to have a job. It's like to take the fame aspect out of it. It does have a triple trickle down effect. Now it's great for the viewers, yes. obviously, who doesn't want to watch Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. And to speak to your point, I can pretty much guarantee you they are not the leads of the show. They will certainly be the big names of the show, but they are not going to be in every scene of every episode because neither Helen Mirren nor Harrison Ford would have signed a contract for a show that was going to force them to work that much. <laughs> they probably agree. They probably have a deal, which is a thing that you can negotiate when you reach a certain level of you know, uh, of success, which is I'm not going to work on Mondays. I'm not going to work on Fridays. I have to be the last actor in um, on the day and the first actor out. I know actors who have that deal and it's real sweet and I guarantee you they have it, but it obviously limits the number of scenes that they're in. You know, I'm not surprised to see that we have this show. You know, this is such an incredible time in history, 1932, Great Depression. uh, So many things were going on. And I think that the success of this world, uh, the Taylor share, the Yellowstone cinematic universe or the Yellowstone streaming universe, Mm -hmm. as we're seeing develop, really is becoming the streaming MCU in the way that. You know, as many uh, comic book movies as we have now, they don't even hold a candle to the number of Westerns that were made. For two decades, the Western genre dominated the world of film and then obviously the early days of television as well. 
And so we're seeing a hearkening back to that. America is such a young country and our history is rooted in the American cowboy. We and, and that's we're not, seeing a little bit of that in outer range as yeah, well. Right exactly. Yeah. We're really seeing this uh and, and we have the you know the story of the Mexican cowboys and black cowboys and mm-hmm. all these incredible cowboy stories that have not and cowgirl stories that have not been told. So I think that Taylor Sheridan is really tapping into something here. And I love the fact that he is expanding this universe um and i think it's fantastic and i just hope that the more shows that there are like this the more opportunities there will be for all levels of actors the those come join us in the world of entertainment <laughs> if you would like to be a young actor we welcome you for a journeyman we're going to be looking yeah. at any journeyman or young actors to play an 80 year old and probably a 70 no, sure. but, but it does trickle down yeah, it because if yeah. you if you have helen mirren the point that we were making was if you have helen mirren playing the mom then obviously I wasn't going to play the Helen Mirren role, but maybe I would have played her daughter. But guess what? If Helen Mirren's playing that role, Olivia Wilde or someone of that (laughs) level is playing her daughter. And then who's playing the next door neighbor? It's going to, you know, that's what I mean. That's what Chris was saying. It's, it's the trickle down effect um, that, that, that makes it that much harder. So just to give another perspective from a working actor, because that's, that's how we qualify for our health insurance, you know, is working a certain amount, but this is all a testament to Taylor's writing. The fact that these stories are so good. Yeah, and these actors want to be actors in their Actors want to be in yeah. Actors are chomping at the bit to be a part of this universe. So, I mean, that's very exciting in itself to be that sought after, to have these wonderfully amazing, talented actors who are just global phenomenons wanting to be in your project. That's huge. And mm-hmm. the, by the speaking of Taylor Sheridan, he still he has a show with Jeremy Renner that nobody is watching. It's called The Mayor of Kingstown. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds an awful lot like The Mayor of Easttown. Totally different thing. <laughs> completely Jonathan's different. completely like, a, a, like, like he's stunned by this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is only a studio mode. They see you. <laughs> so, uh, but if you have not seen The Mayor of Kingstown, make sure you watch another Taylor uh, Sheridan thing. So anyway, guys, what do you guys think about this? Are you excited about 1932? I really am. Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This comes from Thomas Giacchino. Hey, John. Unlike you, I personally really liked Hawkeye. But like you, I didn't like the Echo character very much. It's not that I disliked her. I just didn't see anything interesting about her. So they just announced that the Echo series has started shooting, and I don't hear anyone talking about it. Also, no mention of Daredevil or Kingpin in it with the cast listing. Should they even be making the show if no one is interested in it? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Thomas. So, yeah, we've been talking for a while about this new character they introduced in the Hawkeye series, Echo. And it's an interesting character on paper. Unfortunately, I don't like I agree with you. I don't think the writers of Hawkeye did a very good job at all of getting us interested in the character Echo. They made the character. Let's just say they didn't do the character justice. Right. And so they have a new so much so that some of us, including me, I admit, thought there was a possibility that the upcoming Echo show was just a fake placeholder for an actual Daredevil series. And they were just going to camouflage it by calling it Echo. And then at some point they'd announce it's not actually an Echo show. It's a Daredevil show, but it's not. It's actually an Echo show. Now, a lot of us have made some assumptions about what it could be about or not. We haven't got any details, but now we actually have a little bit, some details about what the premise and context of the show is going to be. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety who write the following. 
Created by David Mack and Joe Aquidessa, I hope I'm saying that name right, in 1999 as a supporting character for the superhero Daredevil, Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, is a deaf Cheyenne woman with Olympic-level athletic skills and the ability to perfectly copy people's movements. In Hawkeye, the character was depicted as the leader of the Tracksuit Mafia. Love the Tracksuit Mafia, bro. Uh, the series will see Maya leave New York. Now, this is where we get some details now. The series will see Maya leave New York for her hometown where she reconnects with her roots and ends up at the center of a new crisis. Echo stars a largely indigenous cast, which also includes, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce the name here, Chasky Spencer, uh, Tanto Cardinal, uh, Devery Jacobs, who's in that amazing show Reservation Dogs, mm. uh, Cody Lightning, Graham Greene. Graham Greene is a classic Canadian actor for when there's any project in Canada that involves indigenous people, Graham Greene's in it. He's in, in a lot of uh, North American stuff too, in American films. And Zion McLaren, indigenous director Sidney Freeland, Navajo, and Katarina McKenzie, I don't even know how to pronounce that, helmed the series, which is executive produced by Kevin Feige. Okay, so now we actually have some context. She's going to go back home to her family or where she grew up and, and like with a different cultural surrounding. This is the first thing that I've heard that has given me any interest in the show. Mm, mm -hmm. And the reason it interests me is because again, one of the things I love about the MCU is when they try to tell completely different kinds of stories. Yep. This is something the MCU has not done yet. So giving us a totally different context, totally different scenario, totally different kind of cast of characters. Now I'm like, okay, leaving New York. Like a lot of these stories is about the small town person going to the big city. It's the big city person going back to the small town. And given the, the different cultural context of it, okay, so this is something new and unique and different. Okay, that's mildly interesting. I'm not going to lie and said it suddenly makes me super excited about this show. I'm not. And that's the showrunner's faults from, from Hawkeye, to be honest with you. It is interesting to note, though, that a lot of people early on, there was words going around that the main side characters in this Echo show were going to be Daredevil and Kingpin. Because obviously they have a connection to her. No mention of them yet. Now... I think they will probably pop up. I think both of them will probably pop up, but it'll probably be very, very small cameo-ish type of appearances, stuff like that. But, you know, we'll see different reports coming around that maybe they pop up here and there. And so we'll see. But this is the first thing that's maybe even a little bit interested. Do I think people are interested in the show? No. I, I am sensing no excitement or buzz online for Echo. None. I have never felt this little energy and excitement for an MCU property like ever. When is it coming out? I don't know. They just started just production started on it. So I'm not, oh, I'm not sure. sure. But, they're, yeah. but they're filming. They're actively they, filming. As of this week, they're, they're actually now filming. Okay. So I've never felt less enthusiasm for it. So I have a feeling maybe they shouldn't have done it. But listen, Kevin Feige thinks they've got a story that's worth telling. Let's give a shot. Might end up being our favorite thing ever. But for now, yeah, it's kind of in an odd, odd place. Mm -hmm. Chris, you hear these new details about it. Where has your excitement for Echo Bin, and, and what does this new information do to that? Well, like you, Hawkeye wasn't my favorite of the series, but I did find Echo to be a very, very compelling character. Um, that being said, there hasn't been a lot of hype about this, but I feel like this was the same kind of thing that when it was, no one wants a, a Ms. Marvel show. No one's talking about this show at I all. Know, I felt some excitement from some people That's about fair. that. But I mean, if you can't make a deaf assassin 
a very compelling story because I want to learn about that. I want to learn more about that. And for anyone too who's you know annoyed with the wokeness of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel Cinematic or the Marvel Universe from the comics has always been diverse, mm. and not every story is for you, right? We need to tell different stories for different people. And so I do think the more footage we see from this, the more production shots we see when we finally start seeing trailers, I'm hoping that gets people really excited because in Feige, I trust. I, I believe in that man's judgment. I, I just think, again, the writers of this show are going to have to do a better job than the writers of Hawkeye oh, did absolutely. To, to make her compelling the way the comic book character can be. For sure. Anyway, Aaron, you read this news. What does this do for your anticipation level of this? Well, I mean, I... I, I I didn't watch Hawkeye. I'm going to be honest. You're not and, missing much. Yeah. And, and that's and that's the thing is I really do hope that, like you said, the writers can make this an exciting story that people want to watch. I had no interest in watching WandaVision at all. I had none. And it had it was and remains my absolute favorite of the entire MCU uh, streaming. Obviously, the streaming shows, not the not part of the movies. Um and, and and I I loved it and I I think that it will it will be very hard for someone to topple um, uh, WandaVision for me. What I really loved about Moon Knight was getting a glimpse into a completely different world um, with Mohamed Diab directing so many of the episodes and really painting, creating uh, the world of Egypt as it was supposed to be, and telling these stories and really bringing me into a world that I just was not familiar with. And so that's what I'm looking forward to in this is seeing um, sometimes we, you know, I've talked in the past about having superhero burnout or superhero fatigue. And for me, a lot of that comes from just seeing the same thing over and over again. You can only get so you can only choreograph so many different kinds of fights. For me, it's all it's always about the story. And when we have characters that are set in a different environment, then to me, that creates ultimately different conflicts, different challenges for those people um, and those superheroes and a, a different story that can be told. And so I'm actually really looking forward to this because of the same thing that I stumbled upon in Moon Knight was, wow, I have been exposed to a whole new world that I was not familiar with before. And now I'm really intrigued by. So I'm looking forward to not only... Uh, the storyline of her going back to her home and exploring what that looks like from a native perspective, but also the fact that she's deaf and what are the challenges that she encounters because of that, you know, because of that, that we haven't seen before. All right, guys. Oh. Questions. Oh, Ray. No, Ray. No, I was not. just going to add something like this is the type of stuff that I actually like Disney Plus for where they could just see what works, see what doesn't, uh, you know, like. Cause, right. Because with. What's going on right now? It seems like things get trendy, like overnight. Things that people didn't care about the day before, they care about the next day. I mean, the, where you have Apple TV Plus, where they have their checks and balances, you know, when they have their shows. Disney Plus seems like, hey, we got this idea. Let's let's make a show. Let's see if people like it. If not, then we can move on from that and then try something else. I don't know. That's what Disney Plus is becoming to me at might least. be it, yeah it and might they be also kind of like these shows ground. we have to remember it's not like they just came up with this idea a couple of months ago and they're now filming it these shows are in development for years and they are really and they they really work on them for a long time and i'm with chris and feige we trust right all right guys question is for you 
What do you think about this? Where was your anticipation level for Echo? Where is it now that we've got some details? Has it changed at all? Has it always been high? Has it always been low? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into our fifth and final main topic today. Chris, what is our fifth topic today? This comes from Peruvian legend. Hey, oh, can't be a crew. <laughs> Love the show, viewers since AMC Movie Talk days. So reports have come out regarding a deal struck between Marvel and the Stan Lee venture. This deal includes the rights to use the name and likeness of the legendary Stan Lee. Uh, I don't know, but I'd rather just have Lee's name just being referenced somehow in the movies and not have him digitized into the movies. What are your guys' thoughts? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, look, when Stan Lee passed away, not only did we lose a living legend and, and all that kind of stuff, we also lost as a totally secondary thing, not nearly as important, but a special little thing about the tradition of going to a Marvel movie, which was everybody was always looking forward to, what's the Stan Lee cameo going to be? And getting those little cameos. And I remember it was after Stan Lee passed away, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out and it has a wonderful Stanley cameo in into the Spider-Verse. And I remember you could you could hear people sniffling in the theaters when his when his thing came on and that was great. And a lot of people have been asking the question, well, who's going to be the next one? Like maybe, you know, you have uh maybe Robert Downey Jr. will make a quick cameo in every single movie from now on. It's like, no, mm. no, no, no. That that was for Stan Lee. Well, they might be coming back now. This comes to us from the folks over at the Hollywood Reporter who write the following. In a unique deal, Stan Lee, the beloved co-creator of Spider-Man, Avengers, and Hulk, who died in 2018, is returning to Marvel Studios. Marvel has signed a 20-year deal with Stan Lee Universe, a venture between Genius Brands International and POW Entertainment, to license the name and likeness of Stan Lee for use in future feature films and television productions, as well as Disney theme parks, various experiences, and merchandising. The audience a revered Stan, and if it's done with taste and class and respectful to who he was, it will be welcomed, says Hayward. He is a beloved personality, and long after you and I are gone, he will remain the essence of Marvel, said Andy Hayward, chairman and CEO of Genius Brands. It's a broad deal. All right. Bottom line. Disney ha now has the rights to the likeness, digitalization, old recordings, old images, audio, all that kind of stuff of Stan Lee that they are now free to use in feature films, movies, theme parks, and merchandising. Let's start with the small stuff and build up to the obvious one. Mm -hmm. Do I want to be able to go to Disneyland, which I don't go to Disneyland anymore, but if I did, <laughs> would I want to buy myself a Stan Lee plushie? Maybe. Uh, would I want... One of these Indiana Jones Funko Pops, but a, a brand new Stan Lee kind of thing, like a big fuck. Heckin' yeah. Absolutely. So I love that part of the deal. And by the way, let me just mention here, in the article itself, it does say it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to start doing CGI Stan Lee as doing cameos in the movies. Necessarily. But it totally opens the door that they can. So let's just jump to the big question here. How do we feel about the idea 
of a digitalized or CGI Stan Lee making future cameos in MCU movies. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm a little torn. I'm a little bit torn because on the one hand, Stan Lee isn't with us anymore. The specialness of the actual man himself appearing in these movies is what was so special about it. Not a drawn picture of the man, not old footage of the man on a TV, but actually Stanley himself went down to set and he was in this movie and we're actually seeing him there. And he's not with us anymore. And regardless of what you do with CGI, whatever, that's not Stan Lee. You did, you know, you, you, you got a piece of software and you rendered a thing out that looks like Stan Lee, but it's not Stan Lee. And so part of me honestly feels a little icky about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that said, there's, a, there's the other half of my brain, which is... It is such a beloved thing that, number one, he loved doing, and number two, the audience loved seeing. And we're not talking about Stan Lee starring in the next adventure. We're, we're talking about quick cameo appearances. Is there something to, to be said? Would Stan himself love the idea that he continues to appear in Marvel movies even after he's gone? I have a feeling there's something in Stanley would have kind of liked that idea, that he would continue to appear in these movies even when he wasn't here anymore. So, and, and would the audience still get a kick out of it? Yes. So I, I will tell you straight up, I don't definitively know how I feel about this. On the one hand, I find something icky about it. It's an artificial thing. We know that's not Stanley. On the other hand, would Stan have gotten a kick out of still appearing in them? And will we as the audience still get a big smile and grin when it does, even though it's just a digital honoring sort of thing? I think they would. So I'm a little bit torn. You know what? I'm probably going to put together a, a poll um, in the live chat to see how you guys feel about it. But Aaron, let me go to you first. First of all, it has to be restated. This story is not saying Disney is now going to start having Stan Lee cameos in Marvel films, but the door is now open and that's obviously the topic at hand. Should they? What do you think? I am going to go on record. I will, um, I don't know. I don't know. I will eat this wrapper if we ever, <laughs> I don't, I'm like trying to think of it. I, I do not see Stan Lee ever appearing in any Marvel projects as a hall, like a, as a talking, walking, moving figure. I, I don't see that happening. The way that I imagine this coming to fruition is that he will maybe be on a billboard in the background uh, right. of something yes. or someone will open a newspaper or a magazine and there will be an image of him. I think that, yes, Stan Lee loved appearing in the projects and there was something so special about knowing that it was actually him, even at his age, coming and putting on wardrobe or a costume. I mean, look at look at how much fun he had. He yeah. loved this world. And I think that for him to continue to live in this world that he created is really so special. I mean, he was such a beloved figure that I cannot imagine that this deal would have been struck unless it were very clearly outlined the types. I mean, in the minutia of the contract of like the ways that he could be portrayed. And for people that are, you know, that are in the chat that are saying, oh, they should leave it to the family. Well, the family is part of this. Like, yes, th they're th part of this deal. Yeah, yeah, they're part of this deal. There's an estate. Uh, I guess it's uh, uh, 
Genesis or what was the, the name of the company? I forget. Um, it, it was in the blurb. But the company that manages his estate, they represent him as, you know, they represent his his estate and his likeness, etc. And that all goes through the family. So, yes, the family is a part of this. But I can see as you said, specifically merchandising. I love the fact that this man who created all of this and wanted to physically be a part of it will get to live on, as they said, long after all of us are gone, as long as the MCU lives, the MCU will be synonymous with Stanley. But I don't see them creating a fake character of him moving and walking and talking like they tried to do with that James Dean movie. I just, I don't see that happening. So to me, I don't find anything cringeworthy about this because I just don't see it happening to that level. I see there being uh, t-shirts being sold with his image still on it. I see, you know, kids that are 13 growing up knowing who the person who created this world was, what he looked like, and, and having him continue to be honored um, in, as a fun little Easter egg that we continue to see. But I can't imagine the MCU ever doing it in a way that would dishonor him, but really would uh, would, would more so take the, the spirit of the way that he enjoyed being a part of these movies and infuse that in a way that was respectable and honorable for him and his family. Let's bring up that quote again, because I, I like what you said there at the end, but this is what one of the guys, you know, with the Stanley organization said he's this, he's a beloved personality long after you and I are gone. Oh, no, it was a little bit earlier. Where, where was it again? Where he basically said, um, if it's done in a respectful, where, mm-hmm. where was it? The audience, yeah, the audience revered Stan. And if it's done with taste and class and respectful of who he was, it will be welcomed. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that could mean on the television in the background, mm-hmm. on billboards, or it could mean an actual... Yeah. You know, and by the way, I think it's also and you're the lawyer of the group, so you can maybe shed some light on this as well. But when we're talking about licensing deals, it's not ownership. No, so no, it's no, no. not like it's they, temporarily you have mm-hmm. the right to use this. Exactly. Right. But you can't just use it for any way you want. So when Hayward, the CEO of this organization, the, essentially who represents his estate, says if it's done in a respectful and tasteful way, it will be welcomed. Meaning that every time they go, hey, we want to we want to use his likeness for this. It's not like they have carte blanche to do anything and everything they want. They still have to get an OK. Depending on how they they structure the license. But that very well could be written mm-hmm. into the language of the license. Chris, you hear this. Mm-hmm. Number one, do you think this opens the door for a digital you know, uh, CGI version of Stanley, maybe with a deep fake or whatever? Mm-hmm. And if they did... How would you feel about that? I mean, just from the get-go, deepfakes are not my favorite thing. Mm-mm. I understand it for something like creating a young Luke, but when it's to create an actor who's passed, it does just feel wrong. There is an ick factor like you talked about. And I do prefer the kind of poster idea because we've seen that in other shows. In Daredevil, you've got Officer Stan in the background like we were talking about chat. You've got him back there and that's a great cameo. I love seeing his likeness in there. I'd love to see a Funko of him in there or him put into a movie poster or things like that, I think would work really well. Digitizing him just does feel a little odd. If that was truly his wish, I'm all for it. But the family had a lot of issues at the end there. There were so many legal things. Back when I was doing pop culture news on a different channel, mostly what we were talking about at the time was the drama drama between oh, that I family. That. Oh, it mm. was awful. It was so horrifying. And especially if you ever got to meet Stan, 
you know, we all feel like he's our uncle or a grandpa, right? Mm. He created all of the content that we love. And when you got to meet him, he just made you feel like you were the only person in the world. And so when you'd see these things about, you know, what was happening to him, it, it's hard to trust that his family did have his best interest at heart. And it's really, really easy to speak for the dead, right? Mm. So I just really hope that if he is digitized, this is truly what he wants. He loved Cameo so much. So I hope it's just done in that respectful way that y'all were talking about and that the um, man behind the uh, the estate is talking about as well. Ray, I don't know. How would you feel about this if uh, if suddenly we went to go see Deadpool 3 and they back behind the strip club DJ booth, we see DJ Stan Lee again, just like he did <laughs> in the first film. And it gives a quippy line as a cameo. I don't know. Would you be okay with that? Would you not? No, I, I don't want any interactive digital Stanley. It's just not something I want to see. Like I, I'm with Aaron. Like if there's like a Deadpool movie and th there's tons of pictures of Stanley, even when he was young, if he was like uh, talking to someone while they were working on a Deadpool comic, put that picture somewhere in the background and have it like as a little Easter egg where people know it's Stan Lee, but then people don't know why they put that picture there. Oh, it's because he was going over that Deadpool comic with that writer or whatever, or something like that. Something where people actually have, will learn more about Stan Lee through research that. because of the picture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why did they choose this picture but is anybody really going to do that? Is, it, like, is any audience member really going to look at that? But, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it on this show. I'm saying if they we'll, don't, they don't. But and we'll talk be, about it on this show. Yeah, and we'll I mean, help I would the hardcore fans then. will. And, and I think a lot of times that's what those those little cameos are for. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then like maybe it'll bring some, if, if let's say the person in that picture is still doing comics, it'll bring them like some attention yeah. because a lot of comic book people don't get the attention. they You know, just something where it'll, what Stanley did will make it better for the, those that are carrying on for him. I mean, you know, it's it's all about it's all, all right. about uh, passing the torch, I think. Here's here's the thing. I am flabbergasted by this. I put up a poll uh in the live chat asking, "Are you okay if a digital Stanley makes a cameo in a future MCU film?" I was expecting it to be like 95% no, 5% yes. It's 41% said yes. Wow. 59% uh, have said no. So still a majority are saying no right now. Uh, and again, I, I am totally torn on it myself. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. Again, there's an ickiness factor to it. But at the same time, if it's something he would have had got a kick out of doing, I mean, I don't know. Can I ask you this? Let me ask, if we say, if we take out deep fake, if right. we go, okay, there is no deep fake of Stan Lee ever that's not on the table, that is not in the contract. It will only be a stationary image as an Easter egg or like right. something like that. Are you okay with that as long as there's no deep fake? Oh, I, I don't see any problem at all in the world of like using images in the background. Like that's perfectly fine with or without the deal with this estate, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. So it's the becomes, deep. It's, it's the, the deep, deep fake thing, yeah, or the pure CGI, whichever one you do. When you're creating, right, but we didn't a new see, and, and that's the thing. That's why I'm not as concerned about it because we didn't hear any mention of a deep fake or a CGI. No, but when they yeah. say that is covered, when they say they have the the license to use his likeness, sure, sure, that, sure. So mm -hmm. could cover that. So it's it's going to be interesting. Question is for you guys. I actually find this fascinating. I, you know what? I honestly don't know how I'm going to feel about this until they do it and mm -hmm. then I'm in the movie theater and I see it happen. That's probably, that's not until then will I actually know how I feel about it, yeah. I think. So I don't know. Question is for you guys. How do you feel about this? Is this something that 
rubs you the wrong way? Are you thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with it? I don't know. How are you feeling about it right now? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with all the main topics down out of the way, we are now going to open the super chat line. So if you guys have a thought, opinion, question, theory, whatever, but any or all the stuff that we talked about here today, you want to throw something in, go ahead and throw that into the super chat now and we'll read those off. But first, before we get to that, we want to take another second to thank another sponsor of the John Campia channel here, the great folks over at Athletic Greens. Hey guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Athletic Greens. Now, when you get really busy, and you guys know that Ann and I are really busy, one of the first things you sacrifice is eating healthy. And you know, I simply have never eaten enough vegetables in my diet, I admit it. So for a long time, I've been looking for a really good all-in-one supplement that helps me get those nutrients and vitamins that my body needs. And thank goodness, I found Athletic Greens AG1. So what is Athletic Greens AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. And for me and Ann, it's easy. We get up in the morning, we pour a big glass of water, and add one scoop of AG1. So many people today are taking some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And it's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. And on top of giving you all those vitamins and nutrients, it also supports better sleep and quality of recovery, and supports mental clarity and a alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mailbag. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mailbag to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate... And a big thank you to the folks at Athletic Greens for actually giving me the nutrition that I need and for being a sponsor here <laughs> of the John Camby Show. Once again, guys, when you support our sponsors, you support us. Go on down to the description right near the top there, and you'll find their links in the promo codes there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's spend the rest of our time here today taking your live comments and questions you guys are firing into the Super Chat. Again, it is open now. It'll be open for the next couple of minutes, but get it in fast. All right, Chris. What do we got in the Super Chats? We have a bunch of support here from Hulagoo79, Kevin Cow. Hi, Kevin Cow. Kevin Peterson. And then from A. Marcellus. As a New Yorker, I always watch movies in Manhattan because our best AMC theaters are in the city. Luckily, most of our theaters were renovated in the last couple of years, so spacing got better. Well, that's, that's good, too. And yeah, a lot is, you know what? I, I give AMC a lot of crap. I do. But I will say this. They have done a very good job of updating a lot of their decrepit getting out of date theaters they've been done put a lot of money that they got from the meme stocks into renovating <laughs> these things and making them really good experiences to go into so hey listen i crap on them when they deserve it but you also got to give them credit when they do and they've done a very good job of that all right what's next from james argenta she hulk uh, prediction she hulk will lose a court case to daredevil then be the, one of her hookups in the show also <laughs> so glad that wong is in she hulk um 
is Wong in She-Hulk? I believe he's confirmed to appear in it. I don't know if we saw him in that trailer. I didn't see the trailer. I did not know. Wong if he was is con confirmed in every MCU movie <laughs> and TV screening. show. Yes. Moving forward, he's the new. He's the new um, Nick Fury. That's so I love that for Wong. I. Everyone's that. happy when Wong makes an appearance. Wong, I, I seriously, he's becoming one of my favorite MCU characters. I love him. All right, mm -hmm. what's next? From Ben Rayner. Hi, gang. John, I agree with you about Hulk, but at this point, can you really still blame the Russos? If it was just Infinity War and Endgame, true, then you could blame them. This is part one of two. Let's see if we can find a Ben Rayner. And there, there we go. There we go. But this has nothing to do with the Russos, so maybe it was Kevin Feige's idea to make Professor Hulk? It's his blueprint director that they're just to fill out the gaps, right? Well, look, I don't necessarily, look, I, I just keep pointing out that it was under the Russo's watch that they did this to Hulk. I'm not saying it was 100% them. Uh, certainly, I'm sure Kevin Feige obviously had to give his write-off and okay to it and all that kind of stuff, but it was in their movie and then they continued to use him a certain way. And now we've moved beyond that. I was really, really hoping that when we saw Shang-Chi and Mark Ruffalo appears at the end as Mark Ruffalo, I was really hoping they were gonna say in an off-camera event, he reverted back to normal. That that whatever procedure he did, stop taken. And now he was human again. And then when Hulk would come out, we'd be that classic Savage Hulk that we really want to see. So I'm not saying that's that they're not going that direction is is uh, their fault, but it was under their watch. It was in their movies, and I'm sure Kevin Feige had something to do with it. All right, what's next? From Amin. If Stan Lee was still there, do you think he would be cameoing in every single Marvel Disney show, or would he just stick to the films? Oh, I think he'd been all of them. Ooh. He loves them. Uh, I I think if it were up to him, he would have been in all of yeah. them. Yeah. I you know uh, yeah yeah I'll say I think so. Do, yes. Absolutely. No? Somebody yeah. in the chat pointed this out because I didn't see it. The the Teen Titans movie supposedly Stan Lee has a cameo in that, and they're all like, uh, "This is DC." And the he little just said, animated thing. Yeah, and he's just like, he's I, like love, "I don't care. I love comics so much. <laughs> I don't care." So I'm I all think. Of them. <laughs> that, that's kind of my, my issue on like, if that's what he really wanted, I think then, you know, do have Stan Lee and everything. All right. What's next? From Andy, one of two. I went to the movies with a friend for the first time with him. We were watching Everything Everywhere all at once. Best movie of the year. But my friend was on his phone checking the time or looking, part two, mm -hmm. through Snapchat every five <sighs> minutes. We're sitting in the back, but it still bothered me. When he hit me up about going to the movies again, I left him on read. Yeah, As you should, Andy. Yeah, I would ditch that friend. Yeah, yeah. No, that ain't remember, a friend. We're talking about it is your friend that you went to the movie theater with. You are acquainted, not a stranger. Mm -hmm. Slap that fucker in the mouth <laughs> and tell him to put the fucking phone away yeah. or to fucking leave. Also, yeah. who's still using Snapchat? I, I yes. <laughs> like, what is he? Is he posting his Vine videos on right? Snapchat now? Like I. I <laughs> all right. What's is he next? In Facebook groups still. God. <laughs> Seconds from disaster. What's up, Gambia crew? I don't think this has been answered, but do you think Fury and Maria Hill were actually snapped, or could it have been Talos and Soren? No, I no, I think I think the movie made it pretty clear that it was actually them. So there was there was no subterfuge about yeah. that. So I don't think I Fury mean, would have given away his beeper. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? So I think they made it pretty clear it was them. So I mean, like, they may retcon that or say something different later on, but in, until that happens, I think it was pretty clear it was really them. Good question, though. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Casey Mack. Hey, John Campion crew. It's been a while. Hope you all are doing well. Hope you are too, Casey. Let me just pass some info for you who's interested there. will be an umbrella. There will be an Umbrella Academy season three trailer dropping tomorrow. Yeah, oh. I heard. I, cool. I was going to say, you would probably know about this. I love the umbrella academy mm -hmm. now i am 
full disclosure, I'm a little bit biased. Uh, the producer of the Umbrella Academy plays in my yeah. Star Wars role playing game game group with with Chris Carr as well. <laughs> um, but I seriously, I love this show. I, I love it so much, and I cannot wait for season three. The way the the kind of a cliffhanger that season two ended on. You know what? They do their seasons right. They tell the complete story. And then their cliffhanger opens up the door for the next season. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then they wrapped up the story of season two and then big cliffhanger that brings us into season three. I love when television shows do that right. And this is one of them. I cannot wait. All right. What's next? From Blue Jay. The only time I tolerated the Nicole Kidman ad was when I watched the Northman since she is, you know, actually in the movie. Yeah, there was a little there was an appropriateness to that about it being there. But I am so over. It. But actually, I started getting some tweets and things from people that they're now actually airing that out on television, which is the only time that ad should be shown. It is a terrific commercial. But again, I will say this a million times. Why are you showing me a commercial when I'm already sitting in AMC theaters? And like I said before, it is like trying to get a girl to look at your Tinder profile when you're already having sex. It makes no sense. What's that? What if you need notes? Or what if you okay, want to yeah. encourage what, what them to go back to the theater again? You know, maybe this is a good time to just practice some deep breathing exercises. <laughs> you know, it, it's the same thing that they teach people in dealing with pain management is just how to breathe through it. So I highly encourage everyone. Like, we got to figure out how Joey long. Joey Bishop the, looks so unimpressed right now, the way she's looking at me. She's just <laughs> giving me this look. Is always unimpressed. But we had someone, I, I wish I could remember your name, and I'm so sorry, uh, in the chat said that Nicole him and actually won a Pulitzer for a public service for that ad. And it's true. Oh, yeah. I Googled it. And how is a commercial for a corporation a public That's service? Nicole Kidman it was our herself. Roberto Blanco, by the way. Robert, oh, yeah. thank you, Roberto. But she didn't win it for an AMC commercial. She won it for the public service. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> not on the yeah, Pulitzer commercial for a movie theater is a public. That's service. why I was like, is are you trolling me? Is this a real thing? Is <laughs> no, it's no, a real you, thing. I actually, won an award I, for this commercial. I wow. saw Roberto's like post and I was like, really? and then I looked it up and yeah. So yeah. congratulations, Nicole Kidman. I guess. Again, all but that commercial why? does is it reminds me is that nobody goes to AMC theaters because every time it shows her in the theater, it's dead empty. Dead empty. <laughs> dead empty. Exactly. All right, Great what's time next? to practice breathing. <laughs> From Jerome, what would you consider to be the similarities and differences between Daenerys Targaryen and Wanda? I don't know. That that's too that's too big of a of an issue for us to sit here and talk about. And that's something I'd also have to think about. It's an interesting question, but I mean they are two totally different characters. But I'm sure there's a killer I mean, video. Obviously, on that. both of them started off one way but moved towards through different events. The the one big difference though is this is I think Wanda started out as a very good person. Daenerys was never a very good person. Um, and that's that's the thing to me. Like right from the seeds of the beginning, you could tell she was no, she was a bit of a jerk. But but she was no, also kind of brought up in a family that kind of left her that way. Yeah, she Daenerys really was. I mean, it's this is a much longer conversation. But yeah, Daenerys. She yeah, I don't think she did she, some very good things. But she did a lot of really good them, things. She, even underneath the good things, though, there was always her own agenda. And I, I don't I don't know. But I mean, again, larger topic for for another time. Such right. a huge topic. <laughs> What's next? From Raymond. The MCU has been around with 20 plus movies. So you always getting expect, close to 30, by the way. Mm-hmm. Wow. You always expect post credit scenes at the end of a recent MCU film. A dad stood up and started hovering in his row. I got pissed and had to yell, sit down. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If just the credits themselves are rolling. 
if as long as the post credit scene hadn't started, it's fine if the credits are rolling. Somebody wants to listen. They'd been sitting there. If they were there from the beginning of the trailers, they've been sitting there for six hours. So you got to <laughs> cut them a little slack. That, you hey, might have had a hip issue. Yeah. Or listen, the legs, your, your ass is getting numb. Your legs are so you just got to stand up and stretch as long as the post credit scene hadn't started yet. Because, yeah. yes, if the post credit scene starts and some dude is still just standing there in front of people, yeah. that's ignorant. But if he's just doing to the while the credits are rolling, I think that's I think fine. It's fine. And also some people just don't care. Yeah. I mean. I have that moment too. Where I'm like, I can't believe people are leaving, but some people just don't care as much or they're going to go home and see it on YouTube. So they don't have to sit through the crowd. He wasn't mad that they were, that they were getting up and leaving. He was mad because they didn't get up and leave. They just got they up. Just they just stood, stood there. there. Okay. Okay. All right. That's what's fair. next? That's annoying. From Elizabeth Harado. The only time I've had a horrible movie theater experience was during no way home. When a woman was live streaming the film, <gasps> I would have reported her, but I felt bad for her small child. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's two strikes. A, the small <laughs> child, and B, the live streaming. I still, I, I mean, this is kind of unrelated. I still remember me and Ray going into Infinity War, and we sat beside this dad who brought his young son with him, who loved Thanos. Oh. That Thanos was so cool from the trailers and the commercials. That little kid, <laughs> Ray, I don't even remember that kid, was like crying at the oh. end. It's like, oh, it felt so bad for him. All right, what's next? From Suthius sending in a $20 super Thank chat. Thank you, Suthius, for the support, man. I am the type who is always conscious of others' feelings and being an inconvenience. I never took any of my three boys to the cinemas until they were at least four years old. We waited until our first was five years old to fly 24 hours to Cambodia. Wow. wow. That is very, very Yeah, and, and listen, I know a lot of people that, that, that feel the same way. Again, I think if, your kid is basically a quiet kid and you want to get out and see a movie and it's it can be expensive to get a sitter. Go out and bring your kid. It's just just be ready that, again, if your kid starts to be a distraction to the rest of the audience, take them out. And by the way, I some of some really precious moments I've had in movie theaters are when there's been a young child, like not a baby, but a young child in a movie who will spontaneously out of nowhere yell something out <laughs> at the screen. <laughs> and like the whole audience goes, Aww, or like yeah. laughs along. That's adorable. And normally it doesn't happen often. What's not so adorable is when an adult does that. Yeah. When mm -hmm. an adult thinks I'm actually a professional comedian, this whole audience wants to hear what funny thing I have to say now. And then they do it like every 15 minutes. Like that's so freaking annoying. All right. Anyway, what's next? From J Master. During Disney Upfront event yesterday in New York City, Kevin Feige showed up to announce the whole cast of Loki will return for season two. Also mentioned Loki will begin production next month on June 6th. Yeah, they, wow. they did say that. They're going back into production on that. I'm actually a little bit surprised they weren't already in production on it. But mm -hmm. get the ball rolling. Uh, make the MCU more convoluted with even more multiversal nonsense. This year. Now, listen, I liked Loki. I, did, I didn't love the show, but I liked the show. Uh, I th what was it? Episode three? I can't remember. One of the episodes is one of the worst episodes the MCU has done on TV. But overall, I like the show. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I look. Loki is one of my favorite characters in the MCU. So obviously, I'm going to look forward to it. I just hope they make it better than the first season was. That's all I want. All right. What's next? From Lucky BX. Hey crew, I like the She-Hulk trailer. I can't help but think this takes place pre-Endgame because of Bruce's appearance. What do you guys think? No, no, this is this is modern day. This is in the now there. It seems like with the MCU, they're not time jumping around uh, all respect to the Loki series. But it doesn't seem like the Hawkeye series happened. Present day, uh, the WandaVision present day, 
it, it just seems like that's what they're doing with these. So I got no indication that this this is some because the world they're in does not look like a world that's living through the snap. Right. Because we've seen imagery about what the world was like in that five year gap from when Thanos snapped everybody away. And before everybody came back, it was not a happy, bright, colorful world. It was sad and depressing. That didn't look like that here at all. So I think it's definitely going to happen in modern day, modern day for the MCU terms. All right. Mm -hmm. What's next? From Andy, I know why Riverdale survived the acts of Zaslav now. It's because the Riverdale showrunners and writers are sharing their copious hard drugs with David. <laughs> hey, listen, if people are still jangle. watching the show, if people are still watching the show, that will fend off the acts of Zaslav. He will stay <laughs> his hand if people are actually watching the show. And listen, as much as I think the show is ridiculous now, the reality is this has had a pretty loyal, steady following. Yeah. They don't spend a lot of money on the show. It's one of their longer running series that's still going and still running. And suddenly, you know, Chris got me kind of interested in the show again <laughs> yesterday. Did you hear about this? No. Okay, so there are these three main characters, right? Archie, Betty, My, and Veronica. Archie, Wait, Betty, and Veronica. you're still watching the show? I finally stopped watching it, and Andy keeps filling us in, which I appreciate. Because so I so here's the deal. It. So okay. here's the deal. For those okay. of you who missed this yesterday, because Chris gave me a great education. So apparently, <laughs> first of all, Riverdale, for those of you who don't know, started off as a very normal show about this sleepy little town, and it was a murder mystery, and that was it. It has evolved to got into like magic death Dungeons and Dragons cults to, for some reason my computer went out, uh, Dungeons and Dragon cults to, I mean, now they have superpowers yep. mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So apparently now it's at a point where Betty and Archie are dating. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, and Archie has like this invulnerability superpower now. Oh my God. Why the fuck that is happening, I have no idea. And Veronica, Betty's bestie. Yeah. Who used to be with Archie. Has this kind of ability now, but like she's, as anybody tries to have sex with her, it's like poisonous. It'll she's kill, kill them, right? So <laughs> Betty's like, my girl needs to get laid. So Archie, go have sex with her so she can get laid. Wait, <laughs> Betty's saying that to her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. go have sex with my best Just friend match. because you're the only one she can have sex with because you're invulnerable. You have the superpower of invulnerability. So if you have sex with her, you won't die. Everybody else will. My girl needs to get some. So basically, Betty and Archie are swingers is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But part only the, with Veronica. They're part of the lifestyle in a very specific way. She's their <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> right. All right. Riverdale, it ladies It sounds like they just need to start a thruple. I don't know what the problem is and, here. And it's like, haven't they always been? If we're really looking if at If we're really looking at it, they always have been a thruple. All right. <laughs> Thank and you. that is why the Axis Zaslav has not it has fallen. Not come down. Thank All right, you, what's Andy, next? for always keeping us informed on Riverdale. Oh, um, I just got to say, Conchu uh, in the live chat is saying Archie is living his best life. Mm, clearly. All right, oh my next? gosh, Andy says, and Betty watches in the corner. Legit. Oh, is that... <laughs> that Ted Baker wearing Vanilla Girl watch? Okay, good for you, Betty. Okay. All right. Back to this. Tacky 75. She-Hulk Marvel's no, uh, horniest show. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. As we go on, yeah. I, by the way, I, no, all jokes aside, I am actually very excited about this show. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. What's next? From Zach, I was going to vote no in the poll until I heard Aaron and then switched. If they do it that way, I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know what? And I th that's the thing. I think this is going to be, there's a million different ways this could go, right? We could do it and it's 
just a quick stand. Somebody walks by and stands the the digital stand or deep fake stand says something just kind of quippy and whatever. And it's quick and everybody in the audience laughs and has a good time. And then we'll all feel good about it. Or they could have a digital stand and it could be bad deep fake. And then he says something kind of cringy in which then all of us are going to hate it. So I was telling Chris during the, or did I say, I don't know. I said earlier that I'm honestly not going to really know how I feel about this until I'm sitting in a movie theater and I see it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the only, then I will discover how I feel about it. I don't think I'll know before that. All right. What's next? From Jay Master, sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Jay Master. It was confirmed by Marvel, the nine-episode series She-Hulk will see Benedict Wong reprise his role as Wong. And did you guys see Frogman makes his MCU debut in the trailer? Thoughts? I Hmm. did not. But look, if we're going to see, we obviously know that Wong and Abomination have been coming in and out. Like He's been sneaking Abomination out of prison to go and do these fight things. He's helping him or training him, whatever. So it's not surprising to hear that. What I love hearing is it's nine episodes. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love that. Because this six-episode crap is Doesn't not working. Work. Not working at all. Mm-hmm. Nine episodes, great, just as long as it's not like 22-minute episodes. And then I think we'll be good. But I love hearing that, J-Master. Absolutely. All right. What's next? From Joel LK, sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Joey. Hi. You've probably seen, uh, you've probably been to a Marcus Theater. Never been. But they do something that drives me nuts. After the trailers and right before the movie begins, the CEO comes on and gives a cringy speech. It hurts the experience. I don't mind the idea of a movie theater, particularly an executive of a movie theater chain, saying, hey, guys, kind of like a, like, a, like a pilot in a plane. We know you have many options to fly. Thank you for flying Air Canada or, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind the idea of a CEO coming on and saying, hey, you guys who just came to our theater, thank you for coming, you know, or something like that. You're right. Like, okay, we already just sat through 25 minutes. We're kind of waiting to get to the movie. So mm-hmm. thank you for saying thank you, but can we move on past this? I mean, it depends on how it's executed, I guess. I've never seen it. All right, what's next? From Armchair Fandom, She-Hulk trailer was a cheese fest. Wrong. I <laughs> I disagree. I mean, hey, like that, that's a beautiful thing, man. If that's how it hit you, that's perfectly yeah. fine. I thought it was... Like, and I mean this in the most complimentary way. I thought it was Ally McBeal yeah. to the neck. I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. All right, I am anyway. lactose intolerant and sign me the fuck up. <laughs> All, right. All right, what's next? Uh, from Gilman LaBelle, one of two. Welcome back, John. Thank you. Speaking of fr- frustrations regarding movie theaters, one of the main qu- uh, chains in Quebec, Cinema's Guzzo, d- did I say that right? Guzzo? Maybe. Um, doesn't even have reserved seating yet. Mm. Okay. Um, is there a second part Oh, is there a part two? Do, 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 do. Okay. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll you, just hopefully. get to that if yeah. we get to it. Again, that is one of my big things. I, we, it's the dark ages. Like, how do you not have assigned seating? It literally, I could set up assigned seating in your software in about ten minutes. You'd be up, running, no problem, easy breezy, no, no issue. There's just no reason not to have pre-assigned seating. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. legitimate reason not to have it. I don't understand it. It's easy to implement. Oh, anyway. Sorry about that, Guillaume, that you got to live with that, dude. All right, what's next? From Wayne Edwards, happy Wednesday. Have any of you heard of the book Blood, Sweat, and Chrome? It's about the 20-year journey of making Mad Max Fury Road. It's an awesome read. Making movies is really hard. Oh, Mm. making movies is extremely hard. I have never read that. Sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a documentary about it. I mean, there have been some great documentaries about making of movies. Obviously, uh, we've talked about a couple of them recently, but- 
I mean, that one sounds great. And is Fury Road the most recent one? Fury Road is the most recent. recent oh, one, yeah. well, yeah, there were a lot of problems with that, namely with the conflicts between the actors working, starring in the movie. Yeah, if you didn't know, uh, Charlie Theron and Tom Hardy, they're not on each other's Christmas card list. Definitely not. So, like, it's hard enough to make a movie than when you've got actors in it who don't get along with each other. That's got to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? From King Mike Todd's, I'm sorry, this show looks bad. They should use makeup like Gamora. This show and the Ms. Marvel show, I'm going to wait to binge the whole series. I love you guys, by the way. Rob, get better soon. Rob, get better soon. Um, You you can't just do makeup with She-Hulk. That's, yeah, She-Hulk that's, is that's not... A, no, you can't do it. Yeah, She-Hulk is... There's not an actor playing the She-Hulk version. Who could look like She-Hulk. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not... It's not makeup. It's... CGI. Yeah, it's and, just not possible. Right, I think because, that would look re- like like in as much as the CGI is is presenting some challenges for us to see right now, mm-hmm. if they tried to do it in makeup, it would be a joke. Yeah. Well, not only None that, but you, the it. challenge of finding because then you would have to find an actor to portray the She-Hulk version of the and no, it just doesn't work. Well, or, yeah. And you'd probably have to do a lot of forced perspective shooting like they did for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which y'all know I love a practical effect. That's my jam. If, but it's, I, if it's called for and if yeah, it works. Yeah. But I don't think that that would have been executed properly here. And it would have taken up so much time and time is money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Just again, just go back and think of it was great for the 70s, but just try to think of Lou Ferrigno's Hulk. Yeah. I mean, is that really what you want? No, Mm-mm. no. Anyway, that's just our take. All right. What's next? From Ulatan, I love winning time. If the show spin off, what other di- if the show spins off, what other dynasties would you like to see? I'd love to see a Detroit Bad Boy series. Yes! Oh my god, I would love that. That would be amazing. The Bill Lame Beer and uh yeah, so I Is that when Michael Lawrence I and say Will Smith a, go to Detroit? No, the uh, Bad Boys of Basketball in Detroit. Yeah. It, uh, Bill Lame it, Beer, Isaiah I mean that that whole Rodman was was part of that in the earlier days. Wasn't well. Ch- uh, Charles Barkley part of that too? No, no. Barkley. Yeah, and I. But BTW, shout out to Rick Mahorn, who I love, friend from Detroit, and is awesome. Like just I. That, I that whole that whole time period was also just a really cool time in basketball too. I'll so if also, there was going to be a interested. spinoff, I think that would be fun. And you're right, Charles Barkley was not um, uh, he was not uh, part of the, the Pistons, Pistons yeah. but he was definitely part of that world. I I wouldn't be interested in it at all. Not not because it's Detroit. I you're just gonna do the same thing again, just with a different team this time. Like I. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the look. This show is called The Dynasty of the Lakers, right? Like Winning Time, the whatever the, the subtitle is. I don't mind seeing them move through different time periods, like starting with Dr. Buss and Magic and Kareem and then move, maybe moving forward, getting into the Shaq and Kobe era and stuff like that. I, I don't mind that seeing that continuous story, but just to pick, say, I don't know, the Phoenix Suns, and now we're going to tell, and then you're just doing the same thing over again. I don't know that I'd be interested in it, to be honest with you. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but if it's done well... If it's done well, but... Eh. There's a lot of stories to be told. All right, what's next? From James L.H. Hi, John. A while since I could send a live chat. So, Fort and Mirren, Mosquito Coast Reunion. Also, at last, Everything Everywhere UK releases this Friday. Wait a second. Ooh. Was Helen Mirren in Mosquito Coast? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Oh, either. it's a wonderful movie. Mosquito Coast is wonderful. I... Shit, was that Helen Mirren? I didn't even... I never even thought of that. Anyway, thank you for pointing that out. All right, what's next? From Joe Andes Toke, uh, gave uh, Petrovet 
Oh, Pentaveret, a chance, and it's Love Guru Bad. Oh, no. <laughs> the only consolation is Jeremy Irons doing voiceover for the title sequence. It's hilarious. Oh, and the orgy scene is also funny. Bring on the filthy. Listen, you guys know I got so excited when I heard Myers, good Canadian kid, mm -hmm. was coming back to do the Pentaveret, which is, of course, a spinoff gag from So I Married an Axe Murderer, one of the greatest comedies of all time. And then the trailer came out. And the trailer was not great. I'm like, okay. And then I heard some early feedback coming out of it, and it was all bad. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. It would just, it, it just, it would just break my heart because I was so excited for it, and I love Mike Myers, and I just like, I don't want to see it. It's just going to break my heart. I don't want to see it. So, mm. have you guys ever had like something you were super looking forward to, but then you heard it was bad, so you just avoided it because you didn't want to have your feelings hurt? I'm trying to think Probably, of but I'm yeah. having trouble. I'm having a block coming up with it in the moment. Yeah. All right. What's next? From two Johns, one cup. Hashtag Aaron for president. <laughs> there we go. Yay! I can't tell which one I like more, Aaron for president or two Johns, one cup. All right. <laughs> I want to see the two Johns, one cup reaction video. Sorry. Boy, that's an internet Moving thing that on. disappeared a long time ago. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Casey Mack, one of two. Also, do you have? Uh, do any of you have any interest of checking out Alex Garland's Men this weekend or even checking out Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Is there a second part? Oh, there we go. Oh, there it is. Believe it or not, I've actually been hearing some good things about Chippendale and will be looking to check it out on Friday. Listen, I love Alex as a filmmaker. I've really enjoyed his other movies. Men looks, nothing about the marketing for men has been appealing to me. Now, we may hear that it's genius and un unbelievable, and if we do, great. But like that first trailer, I was like, I was so excited that Alex's new movie, Men, is coming. I'm like, okay, let's see the trailer. And it's like, well, that will, I don't know anything about this movie now. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I don't, know what any, I don't know who the characters are. I don't know what's going on, blah, blah. The second trailer came out, was marginally better, was a better trailer, but still there... I just didn't see anything in it. Unlike his, the marketing to his other films always felt very compelling. Mm -hmm. This one, there was nothing for me. So no, I am not even planning on watching it unless I hear from like, I don't know, maybe you go see and you tell me you love it, then I'll go see it. But I don't know, what do you think about so far? It honestly, and you know how I feel about horror. It honestly seems like a very compelling kind of thing because we have one actor portraying so many different roles in this. Um, but good old Megan O'Neill, my bestie in the chat. She's my horror connoisseur who I usually am like, can I see this? Because um, she's really honest with me of like, oh no, you'll have nightmares forever. Um, or she'll tell me like when to close my eyes when we watch stuff together. But I think it's an interesting concept that just hasn't been executed well in its marketing. Yeah, the marketing has been really yeah. bad. All right, what's next? From Amin, I'm sure you had wished it was better circumstances, but how did it feel to be back home for the weekend? And will you still be at celebration next week? Um, I, it has been two and a half years since I've been able to be home. Look, wow. everybody loves home. I really love home. I like, I am Canadian to the core and, and there is, I'm, I'm going to say something that's a little bit embarrassing, but every time I get to Canada, whether it's, whether I drive over the border, fly over the border, whatever, at some point when I'm alone, I get down on one knee and just touch the ground with my hand. I put my hand down on the ground. Mm -hmm. I love being home. I particularly love being in my hometown of Hamilton and the, yeah, I love it. I, I am Anne and I will move back there someday. Like one of these days we will move. I don't know when exactly. It's not in the immediate uh futures happening, but I 
I just feel more myself when I'm at home. I miss home very, very much. So thank you for asking. And I do wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, yeah. So thank you for asking. I appreciate that. All right. What's next? From Carlos, was Illuminati Professor X a future X-Men 97 version? I don't think so. Uh, I think he. I think they definitely made it feel like that to be very reminiscent of that. They even when when he comes out on screen, they if you listen and you know you get past the audience cheering, you can hear there's this little subtle. It's not loud, do 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 do, which is of course the theme from that anime thing. But I don't think it's meant to be that this is the direct no. that same character. I don't think that was it's just the so thing. that if you're a kid, you go that was the song of my people. Yeah, oh, <laughs> just hearing that little music note, just a few notes. It, it just made my it's heart all happy. The nostalgia. I had a binder of my X-Men trading cards as a kid that I just they were my prized possession. So just hearing that little chord progression <laughs> was like, <gasps> yeah, very exciting. All right. What's next from Chromatin Kiss? Have any of you checked out the series Pachinko on Apple TV Plus? It's a multi-generational family story where Korea was annexed by Japan. Highly recommend. You know what? You are the oh, wow. second person to write in and tell me about it. The first mm -hmm. person who wrote in to talk about it, I had never heard of it up until that point. So this is the second time I've heard. So no, haven't had a chance to check it out because between when I heard about it and now, I obviously had to take an emergency trip up to Canada. But uh, I will check it out at one point because other than Jason Momoa's C, and I love Jason Momoa, did not like C. Mm -hmm. But other than Let's that... Everything I've seen Apple TV put out has been yeah. top shelf. Absolutely. So I will. T have either of you guys seen this yet? This I haven't seen it, but I, I what I will say, I live very close to Koreatown in Los Angeles, and I go to a lot of restaurants, and there's a lot of cool places to go to, and I see posters everywhere for it. And this is one of the things that kind of drives me crazy about marketing. It's like I understand that this is about a Korean family, but I want to see ads for Pachinko outside of Koreatown mm -hmm. as well. And so obviously you have your core demographic of people who are going to be interested in this show and it's great that you're marketing to them, but why is it when I'm driving around Los Angeles, the only place that I see an advertisement for this show is in Koreatown? That, you know, like advertise it somewhere else because I'm really interested in this show. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Fredo. Hey guys, y'all rock. It's always nice to have Aaron on the show. Oh, thanks. Ray, you were speaking facts about Stanley. Oh, there's oh. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Every once in a while, like Ray comes up with these great nuggets and everybody goes like, wait a minute, where'd that come from? Or like, seriously, like I say, oh, I don't know nothing. And then we'll be talking about, oh man, who was that dude in that 1957 thing? And we go, oh, that was Charles Olin Bay. <laughs> Did you know that? Like, how many times That's on this so show? Weird. I, that weirds me out too. How it's many like... times on this show have I suddenly turned over and looked at Ray and go, how the hell did you know that? It happens Ray's a lot. Ray's biggest fan is my husband. <laughs> Tom loves Ray. He is like, Tom and Ray have some sort of like bromance yeah, happening. Do. They don't see each other Ray that Ray. often. But when they do, they, man, there's a lot of love there. It's ever since that poker night where I won the whole thing on my birthday. I remember that. And Tom that. cheered me on. And I look back, I was like, he's cheering me on. Yeah. That <laughs> he loves yes, man. you, Ray. Because by the way, did we miss one you. from Chef Rigo? We did, yeah. I yeah. need to go back Okay, let's one. get back. Uh, Chef Rigo, no question, just poured at work. Yeah, we went and ate there the other night. Me, Ray, yep. and our buddy Ryan, we went to I eat there. I got cake and ice cream. Dude, oh God, you didn't have any. I love eating. We went to, there's this great... What's, what's the style called hibachi? when they where they cook it right in front of you? I love hibachi. So Chef Rigo works at a restaurant that's called Shogun, not far from here. Okay. And so um, he showed out that we, night too. Yeah, yeah. He so did all he the went, tricks. Yeah, he, he showed did all, out at it Shogun. Was, it was great. It's a great place. The food is great. So we get there, right? 
And we're sitting there and Ray, I'm sorry, you guys heard this before. I'm just got to tell her. So Ray sees, there's a, there's a bunch of kids at one table where they, and they bring one kid's birthday and they brought them out a little bowl of ice cream with them, whatever on it. And Ray's like, I want to have that. No, John. It was every table at a birthday. He actually took the little kid's ice cream. He actually went up, snapped the kid, took his ice cream, said, life's hard, kid. a birthday, and they would pass by, and I'm like, if that's on the menu, I want that. So I asked, I know, I don't know if you guys have ice cream on the menu, but I want that. And the lady's all, oh, is it your birthday? I'm like, no, but I want it. And, the answer and she ended up br yes. bringing me out some. And she made mine look way better than the one she was bringing yeah, out. Yeah, they, they like, just came Aww. out and gifted Ray. I mean, Hibachi I want really that. is such a great thing for a birthday party. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I would like to do that for my birthday this year. <clears throat> Shogun Jeffrey, go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's next? From Quindell Newton, sending in a $50 super Oh, chat. thank you, Quindell, for supporting us on that level. It's very generous. The new images of Thor, Love, and Thunder, we see the goddess Bass, the Egyptian uh, slash Wakandan god, sitting with Jane and Valkyrie, where what looks like the meeting of gods in Olympus. Could this be our tie-in with Moon Knight and the larger MCU? I don't think it'll have anything to tie in with Moon Knight, but yes, yeah, somebody pointed out that Bast was in the image. I'm like, I didn't see that. Then I looked at the image again because somebody brought that. I'm like, oh my God, that is Bast. That's amazing. Because, But there was a Bast statue as well in the pyramid in Moon Knight. Uh, I, th I think a lot of people miss that. So I, I don't think this is going to be a connection to Moon Knight at all, but it is. it does show that there's a larger pantheon at play here, and maybe we'll meet her. I don't know. All right. Anyway, that it, it's when you go back, because it's a big, bright image, right? The picture of mighty Thor Jane and uh, King Valkyrie sitting side by side. It is a bright, beautiful image. And it's the statue head, the bust is dark, right? And so you don't really even notice it. And then when you actually zoom in on it and look, it's like, oh my gosh. And you notice that the headdress she's wearing is the top of the Black, uh, oh. Black Panther thing again. Mm. And it looks fantastic. It looks really, really great. Yeah. And so uh, it I looks hope like she's having like a meeting, a community yeah. meeting about Hoodlum uh, Gore the God Butcher right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah we got what the should we do about trail. him? You know, then he so. shows up and butchers them all. Yeah. All right. Get thank butchered. you so much for sending that in. I appreciate that very much. It's really generous. Thanks for supporting us on that level. All right. What's next? From Blake, the past 10 times I've gone to the movies, I have had to ask people to get off their phone, stop talking, or get the theater staff involved. No manners. Oh, well, look, I'll, despite all my complaints, I have to say the stuff that involving audience misbehavior mm. And maybe it's just because I live in Los Angeles that is more of a movie-centric city, whatever. It honestly doesn't happen to me very often. I mean, the phone thing, yes. Mm -hmm. People check in, look, all of a sudden these bright, a bright light pops up in here and there. But again, not people talking on phones or stuff like that. I don't have too much of a problem with people talking in theaters too much. I don't mind it if a couple of people are sitting beside each other and they <laughs> lean over and whisper to each other. That's fine with me. I don't mind it. But I haven't actually had an experience too much, right? I just had this thought that could com combat that. The back of every chair has a little water squirt. <laughs> and if it detects a phone, it's like, you know, the dog barking things. On yes. <laughs> I love it. so funny. I mean, Screw I that. The, Make an electric shock. But I think the bigger, the, the bigger issue is just that we are now in a culture, and, I, and I'm part of this myself, where we're so used to having our phones at all times that it has really become an addiction. What's that? 
with a documentary about, um, I always want to call it the social network, but I know that that's wrong. I know the chat will know. There's a documentary about the science behind the addictive quality. Oh, yeah, of yeah. I, I saw it. They, they, they looked really, oh, about self. I thought thinking about social media. Oh, yeah, I it's about know. social media, oh, yeah. but I, I think that it's true just about, um, about just cell phones in general is we have this, uh, there's an, the social dilemma, the social dilemma. Thank you. I think that it is so imperative that we all watch this movie, The Social Dilemma, because it really they they interview a lot of people who worked at a lot of these um, social media companies, Facebook, even Pinterest, and they talk about the development of these things that cause people to be addicted to it. And we really just need to be more aware of our addictions to our phones in general. All right. What's next? From Film Code Podcast. I always thought they should have done a new cameo person in the movies going forward. Like, imagine Meryl Streep as Meryl Streep being caught in the middle of a battle between Thor and Gore. Yeah, I, <laughs> see, I disagree. I never thought they should replace the Stanley cameo with somebody else cameo. It was Stanley because he was the creator of it all. Yeah. They're, they're, that was meaningful. Just putting in somebody to be the next cameo person, I <laughs> never thought there was any value in that. All right, what's next? Jay Master sending in a $50 super Thank you, chat. Jay. Thanks. Fun fact, Marvel Disney Plus series Echo lead actress Alqua Cox is actually deaf and has a prosthetic leg in real life. Yeah, I'm excited for the Echo series, which makes this really special and heartwarming. Echo premieres on Disney Plus 2023. Yeah, I do think it's amazing that they found an actress who fits the requirements of this character. I think that speaks very, very highly to what Disney's trying to do with representation and getting casting right. Yeah, I... You know, it's one of our viewers sent me this article in the New York Times that came out yesterday called Let Actors Act. And it, it basically kind of reflects everything that I've been talking about. Like, I don't believe doing Echo, you had to get an actress who was deaf to play it. I think actors all play characters that they aren't mm -hmm. in, in, in real life. However, if you can find the right person mm -hmm. and the fact that she is actually deaf, that is going to give her a big advantage in nailing all that yeah. as the character is that because she lives it and she knows it. So I think there is something really cool about it. And that's it. It doesn't, sure. again, I think people can play things that they are not absolutely. But in this situation, mm -hmm. it, I think it actually benefits her in the performance that she can give. Absolutely. I think it's an interesting ongoing question. Cause you know, the cast of Coda talked about this a lot of yes. deafness not being a costume. And that's why they were so passionate about having a deaf cast be part of that story. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's something that just needs to be an ongoing communication between movie studios and the people making films and everything to talk about how we're going to approach certain uh, topics, certain disabilities, things like that, just to make sure that, you know, it's being portrayed in a truthful manner is and ultimately also, what needs to happen. And also opening up the opportunity for um, actor, for performers who have disabilities to still be able to be in the world of performers. Absolutely. And not, I mean, my friend Kenneth Mitchell, who played my husband on Astronaut Wives Club, he was diagnosed with ALS. And as he started to lose his, his ability to walk and to be able to use his arms, he was still able to work on the Star Trek series. I'm not sure which one, one of the most recent ones. And I thought that it was a really you know, wonderful move of them to go, hey, we're still going to acknowledge the fact that you are a performer and so your your disability may limit your ability to do certain things, but that's not going to prohibit you from working. You know, we're still going to be able to be inclusive to people um, of all abilities. All right. What's next? From Fifi, I find it funny people are accusing She-Hulk of being anti-male crap <laughs> when most of the fans of She-Hulk have mostly been a male fan base. My own boyfriend loves She-Hulk more than me, LOL. Um, oh, well, I'll just say, anybody saying that is a fuck to it because there is nothing anti-men in those in that trailer at all. 
again, there, there are a lot of people out there with pre-assigned political agendas yep. who just think anything with with a woman, anything mm -hmm. with somebody who's not a straight white male is anyway uh they're just fuck twits pay no attention to them all right let, okay we're gonna keep going here listen we are over time and we still have a lot of questions to go so we're gonna start moving it kind of quickly here so let's get into it what's next from gary meyer sending in a 20 dollars super chat thanks gary just saw the trailer for the old man with jeff bridges liked it have you seen it and what did you think God no, but sign me up. A it movie called the. Awesome. Oh wait a minute! I, I I did not see this. I did not see it, but I remember us talking about this mm -hmm. ages ago. Oh my God! A movie called The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. It looks really really good. What's 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 the basic gist? So it looks like he's some former hitman or something like that who has to kind of. Uh, Go, talk, go away from his family to help protect them. The The trailer is very, very mysterious. And it's him with these two dogs and he's talking to his daughter. Um, the actress who was uh, Amy on Judging Amy, is that the name of the show where she was a judge? Something like that. I don't know. Um, but it just looks really, really compelling. Wait, so wasn't that your show? My show? Mm -hmm. Were you not on Judging Amy? I was never on Judging you Amy. You were definitely in a show where there was a judge. Where I've was... been in lots of oh, shows yeah. with judges, yes. But no, it was like the premise of the show was the character was... A judge. Are you thinking oh, Maiden? Oh, oh, uh, All Maid Rise no, or no, Maiden no, Jersey? No, Maiden Jersey. That was Maiden cool. Jersey. She was a lawyer. Janet Montgomery. Oh, she was a lawyer. I played her okay, sister. Sorry. I got, Love I Janet got Montgomery. confused. All right. Yeah, it looks really interesting. What's next? From Love da uh, Daggerborn. Now that Amazon owns MGM, how big a chance do you think that Stargate will return to the screen? And if so, what? Uh, what way do you think? New TV series or a complete reboot? Uh, I think they will reboot it, and I think it will be a new series. They're definitely going to... Listen, the Stargate IP is a valuable IP. They ran it into the ground a little bit, but still, it's a recognizable IP. It's, got a, it's a great universe with great storytelling potential. I think they'll do it as a series. All right, what's next? Come from K-Major. Death by Snoozu going to be a real thing in She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, uh, don't laugh. I uh, When she picks up that guy and starts walking the bedroom, mm -hmm. all I'm thinking is, how's that going to work? Because <laughs> that could be real dangerous. Anyway, all right. What's next? Uh, oh, this is the second part. For oh, so there it is. There we go. Uh, so this is about the, the Marcus Theaters. Yes. Last time I went to the movie, started 10 minutes late and no lights before the showing for the seats. Absolutely unacceptable. That's why I mainly go to Cineplex nowadays, LOL. Yeah, Cineplex is uh, the, the main movie theater chain in Canada. Yeah, there's no, I mean, look, there's probably 100,000 movie screenings that happen in North America every single day. With that, the odds are there are going to be technical problems here and there. But if you find in that particular theater, there are always issues like that, not that specific one, but always issues like that that are hurting your experience. Yeah. Time to find a new movie theater, man. Mm -hmm. All right. What's next? From Fredo, John, you ready for Volks versus Max? Oh, listen, the first two fights between these guys were legendary. And here's the problem with Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. The problem is nobody in the world in that weight class comes close to the two of them. This is why they're fighting for a third time because nobody else comes close to them. Every time Max fights somebody else or Volkanovsky fights somebody else, they walk through them. So all they have left is to keep having these two guys fight each other. It'll be the third fight, but yeah, it should be a barn burner. All right, what's next? From Jerome, why didn't they cut off Thanos' hand in Avengers? Infinity War. Oh yeah, that'll be good. Uh, I don't think they had the means of doing it at that moment. So in that moment, they were trying to pull the thing off, but I don't know that they had. Listen, if Hulk punching him in the face did not tear Thanos' head off, True. what did they have that was going to cut through and cut off Thanos' hand? I'm not sure that any of them had a weapon. Like, none of them had a Stormbreaker like Thor yeah. did. So I'm not really sure that they had something that could do it. I think they should have just gotten a zip tie and put it really tightly around his wrists. Like, remember, Iron Man threw 
everything he had at Thanos and all it resulted in was a little cut. Little mm. cut. What did they have that was going to cut off his hand? All right, what's next? From Franco, just uh, thank you for recommending everything everywhere all at once. Loved it. And screw cats. No. Nope. Yes, that's right. F cats and their diseased filth. <gasps> no, um, I, I'm just making up words now. But um, every, I still am amazed at everything everywhere all at once. It, it Right now, we are now, we're getting close to June. It's still my number one favorite best movie of the year. Uh, just so great. Uh, you you saw it, right? Mm-hmm. You, and you liked I it? I love that movie. Oh, so I think it's so wonderful. Logan wants to see it like once a week. <laughs> Have you and Tom had a chance to see it yet? Where can we watch it? It's at AMC Burbank. I know mm-hmm. that. Where can we watch it with our six-month-old child? AMC Burbank. Burbank during the yeah. day? <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you have any mommy and me screenings? Just bring those headphones you brought yeah. For, oh, yeah, that's for him when you brought him to the yeah. Batman he screening. Is, he, yes, he is a good movie going. Yeah. All right, what's next? Human. From, uh, yeah, we yes. got the second part of this mm-hmm. one already. Uh, Ryder, could they not paint She-Hulk green like Gamora and do some post enhancements instead of full CG? Not no. totally familiar with the character. Yeah, again, you're then you're pushing the lines of making it look as ridiculous. I, again, at the time it was fantastic, but the, the '70s Lou Ferrigno Hulk were ridiculous. I think it would have been Gamora looks one way, She-Hulk, you're talking about something totally different. I don't think it would have worked mm-hmm. at all. This is the only way you can do the character really without. I, I think as a little bit jarring the Uncanny Valley is with the CGI, and I think it's a little bit of a problem too. It would have been worse, I think, if they tried to do a makeup. Anyway, what's next? From Nicholas, your Maple Leafs are the Cowboys of the NHL. What about my star goalie, Autumn Ganger, with the 64 saves? There's so many words no, I don't know. No, they are not the Dallas Cowboys, because the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys have won Super Bowls in my lifetime. The Toronto Maple Leafs have never been to the Stanley Cup final in the entire length of my lifetime. The entire time I've been alive. They've never even been to the Stanley Cup, let alone won it. So, no, unfortunately... They're not the NHL's version of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, what's next? From Omar OVO. I mean, Stanley loved doing cameos, so it isn't that disrespectful for the MCU to continue his cameo legacy, LOL. But I would prefer it to be an image and not a full-on Luke Skywalker CGI man. To me, it's not about being respectful or not, because I I have no doubt that Stan would be perfectly fine with it. I, I honestly think he'd probably be very enthused by it. So it's not about whether it's respectful or not. It's about how will I, as an audience member, respond to it. And I'm not sure, because again, it's on the one hand, it'll be great and fun, but on the other hand, I know it's not really him, and that's the whole specialness of it. So I I just don't know, but I don't think it's about being respectful or not. All right, what's next? From Nathan Oswald, I would be okay with a background pick of Stan or maybe something like Stan's Diner or Lee's Bookstore. Mm. That's cute. But here's yeah. the funny thing. You mentioned he popped up in... Um, Daredevil. No, uh, the, the DC one. Uh, oh, in Teen, Teen Titans, Titans mm-hmm. right? I don't think they even need a licensing deal and to do that, mm-hmm. I don't even know that they would need one. So the fact that they have signed a big budgetary 20 year deal to get that license and get those image rights and all that kind of stuff. That's what kind of makes me think they're going to do more than just that. But I would be fine with it that way, too. Just seeing a, a, a picture of him in a background of a scene. I'd be totally good with that. But. I think their intentions are more. We'll and find can I out. also just want to say this when we talk about the Luke Skywalker deepfake. Luke Skywalker is a character. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee is a real, real person. person. Yeah, yeah, that's a good distinction. Huge exactly. difference. Yeah. And that's also when we talk about doing any sort of deepfake with like Black Panther. Black Panther is a character. 
and doesn't need to be carried on in as a cameo unless it makes sense for the story. So th- when you're when we're talking, we have to make sure there's a distinction between real life human being and characters that are not real. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a good distinction yeah. to make. All right, what's next? From Sean, possible bright side of the normalization of supers is that it could intentionally or not be in service of making mutants different in universe. Yeah, I guess. Um, but again, I've never even understood in the comic books why the general public in the comics were so loved superheroes, all these beings with superpowers, but so hated the mutants. Like I, I've, I've never really felt the comics, even the comics themselves ever did a real good job of explaining that. Mm-hmm. But I always just, I just accepted it and it's perfectly fine because the story of the X-Men is so great. But yeah, that's something we're gonna have to deal with. Maybe that will be one of the unintended benefits. You might be right. All right, what's next? From Jermaine King. John, I love you and Chris, and I hope Rob gets well. But I was hoping that you'd be on vacation with Anne, and all of you would miss today's show. So Aaron would have to host. And Aaron hosted show would be loco. Jermaine wanted me to tell you in the chat, too, that he means this as the highest compliment. I love Jermaine. Yeah. Jermaine, you are, a, you are a king, and thank you so much. And you're right. It would be loco, and I don't think anyone needs to see that. And while I am certainly ready and to step into my lead role in a television series that someone else writes the words for, I don't think that anyone needs me to be hosting the show. I'm happy to be a supporting character on this show. But thank right. you, Jermaine, for your confidence. What's next? From if we could scroll next down, up, just, there we you. go. Bold and Brash sending in almost fifty. Oh my god! Chat. Thank you, Bold and Brash, for that. If Kevin Feige and team hypothetically decided to keep the X Men separate from the main MCU, do you think the X Men themselves have the issue of the normalization of the extraordinary in their world? No, I, I and that's what I always wish they would do. I wish. Look, there's so many X Men characters that I really wish the X-Men were going to be in a separate universe. I I don't want Mm -hmm. them in the regular MCU. It's already overcrowded. It's already like feeling, again, the normalization of the extraordinary. That being said, I don't think they're going to do that. But if they did have them in their own universe, Mm -hmm. which they're not going to do, uh, no, because that sets up that you're in a world that understands these evolved human beings are among them, and it Mm -hmm. creates this great schism in the culture about their very existence, what mm-hmm. they can and cannot do, should there be a registration for them. These are all things that mimic real life events that we've had, which Stanley always intended. Exactly. I think it would be wonderful, but I don't think that's what they're going to do, unfortunately. Well, and I think that's the whole point, though, of two seeing some supers who people accept and then the mutants being ostracized, mm. is that's just to point out all these ridiculous inadequacies we have in real life, right? Of, Could be. It's so yeah. ridiculous to hate someone based on something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you hate them because of the way they were born. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Suthius. I don't mind that there are more super people. It's how they're handled that keeps me intrigued. For example, going from Sokovia Accords to now having superhuman law divisions. Fascinating. I mean, yes. Listen, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. But and of course, in the MCU, because there's nothing special about the superheroes anymore, it makes sense now that even law firms would be saying, well, we got to create separate you know, branches of our law mm-hmm. firm just to deal with, you know, defendants and our clients who are superpowered individuals and the unique situation they bring. That is a natural thing for the show to do. So I'm not upset that the show is doing that. It's just my little lament that that's the yeah. state that the MCU is at now is that, yeah, there's nothing extraordinary about superheroes anymore. They're just every It's just an everyday normal thing. And again, that's not a She-Hulk fault. That That's just where the MCU is at right now. All right. What's next? From Harps K, I'm not a fan of heated seats. 
I always push the button inadvertently with my arm on the side, like the last time when I was watching X, and suddenly it was getting uncomfortably hot. Uh, there are heated movie theaters? Yes, in Where Glendale. are they? And let me sit in one yes. right now. <laughs> I live, I should, I'm going to bring like a battery operated oh, okay. heating pad and... But no, in Glendale, for as a matter of fact, there's this great movie theater in Glendale that, and the first time I went there was because it was an award ceremony where I won an award, but there was an award ceremony there and that we sat down and not only did it have a cup holder, the cup holder, which by the way, which had a heat or cool function <gasps> in your cup holder. So if you had coffee, it would keep your coffee hot. If you had like a soda, it would keep it cold. But the seat itself had a built-in seat warmer. Why what? any movie theater in California has a seat warmer, I have no idea. Okay, Aaron. so yes. for me, yes. Because when we bought our Dodge Challenger, um, my dream car, uh, Tom goes, you live in Los Angeles. Why on earth do you need heated seats? And I went, because it feels good, because it's nice. And then he started driving it around and I would always turn on his heat seater or his seat heater. And he was like, oh, I get it now. Oh, I totally get it. I yeah. can't stand Heat it. my seat anywhere. Oh. Yeah. I get it's instantly It's uncomfortable. because of your Canadian blood. We're Texans. Yeah. We okay, like that. okay, that I get. I we get want that. toasty cheeks. Yes. <laughs> All right. To me, it's just eliciting, you know, Swamp ass? Swamp ass, yeah. I think it was just... Maybe that's why I feel cozy and safe. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting in my swampy butt. (laughs) All right, what's next? From Kevin Cow. Yay, Kevin! Welcome back, John. Just want to say great job, Ray and Chris, the other day on the show. And Ray, don't ever think you're not important, man. You're the best, bro. You are the best. Yeah, you are. Oh, thank you. I, I, yeah, listen, you, you have no idea not only how great it was for me to be able to... Uh, you know, go off and visit my mom, but also to know that we now have everything out of place with producer Jonathan here and the talent that we have that I can go away. I, I can, I can go and visit somebody. I can take that vacation with my wife. I can, something I haven't done in five years because there's never been a John Campy show without John Campy on it. Cause I also ran the show. And now that I can, and, and seeing what these guys were able to do, I was gone, made me feel really, really good. And Aww. a little, I can breathe a little more easy. All right. What's next? From Tim, finally been watched Invincible this weekend. Loved it. What did you think? Oh, yeah, I loved Invincible. <gasps> Invincible. I thought it was, it was really good. And like a lot of people goes, oh, it's so cool because the blood splashing. I, I didn't give a shit about that. It was a great story. Exactly. Of a father and a son and a son who idolizes his father, finding out things about his father. And then even the father trying to come to terms with, I mean, just overall the mystery of it. It was just, it's just a well-written story. Agreed. Have you guys had a chance to watch Invincible yet? I don't know what that is. It's on Amazon prime right. okay it's it's animated mm-hmm. but and and you get past the violence of it at first it's a wonderful story yeah. it's you a have really to, really you have to you'll so love it so many people went into it too being like this is such a cute wholesome cartoon and oh, then yeah, no, the no, no, no. last scene of the first episode is when it's gruesome gruesome violence and the comic is very very gory too. yeah it's astounding well it's i just really started good. i just started watching mr pickles are you guys which i've never heard of is that the dog yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. My um. I'm I'm friends with the with the show showrunner, and so I was like, I will start watching this. And um, I said to him, I said, my six month old son really likes watching your show, and he goes, your six month old son is going to grow to be a serial killer. I'm like, <laughs> yep. yep. All right. What's next? From Big Ben, what's Hulk Hogan's favorite game? Super Mario, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What does he say? Say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And what was the third thing? 
He always uh, tell kids, remember kids, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And, and there was a, I think there was a third thing. I can't remember. Uh, Hulk Stay believe cool. in yourself or something like that. And believe in yourself. Yeah, I don't or know what like it was. That. All right. What's next? And then some support from Connie. Yay, Connie. Oh, Connie. Connie. Oh, my God. My husband Vegas. is obsessed with Connie now. He's like, who is this woman? And please, like, can I meet her? And so, Connie, you know why. Thank you very much. Now we all oh, want to know why. Weird. Why does your husband <laughs> want to meet Connie so bad? Swag, man. Oh, oh swag. Yeah. She was yes. very, yeah, but we, I, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Okay, so. yeah, don't say much. All right, guys, and that'll do it <laughs> okay. for this swampy episode of the John Campion <laughs> Show. Thank you so much. It gets moist down there oh, for joining no. us here for wow. today's episode. Great to have you here. I want to thank the people joining us. First of all, Chris Carr. Chris, where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at actor Chris Carr. Sitting right beside Chris, we got Aaron Cummings and Joey Bishop. Where can we find you guys? You can find us on Instagram at Aaron L. Cummings. Lots of pictures of Joey there. And over here, Ray Aura. Ray, Ray where can people find you? <laughs> I'm sitting like this to prevent swamp. swamp <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have Ray Aura with a zero. And of course, thanks to producer Jonathan with the frozen camera. She-Hulk got me frozen. <laughs> I'm still thinking about She-Hulk. Uh, and of course, a big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for that support. Okay, guys, new episode of Mailbag coming up a little bit later today. Keep your eyes for that. And of course, we will be back again tomorrow for the next episode of the John Campia Show. Hope you guys will join us for that. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.